Overrun. By the time my PPC powered up again, there was no one left to shoot. Lieutenant General Mitchell Simmons. 17th Sky RCT Black Earth, May 3050. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the podcast that covers the nation. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. I had an avatar, Bloodbath Barons. Tonight, co-host, as usual, Andrew, I needed this, Middle Crow. Good evening, all of you. And Aaron, those are mine, Coach Crow. I was the mule for that for that recon trip, just letting you know. Good evening, everybody. Gideon will be joining us later. And Thomas, there was an ass-beating Silent Sea Raven Kruger. I don't remember that one. Mm-hmm. We do. I believe that was at the hands of a certain daughter of a fellow co-host. <laughs> oh, that... Okay, yep, yep. Destroyer of worlds. <laughs> I won one of those, by the you way. Got cycloned, <laughs> son. You got cycloned, son. You got cycloned. I was about to beat her in two Is that turns. A cool and tonight, special guest, again, Catalyst Game Labs Art Director, Brent Evans. Welcome back to the show, sir. Woo! Thank you very much. He's back! This is my All last right. interview to do of the year, too. Like, this is, you guys get the, the grand finale. Woo! I like it. Yeah, we get we get vintage twenty twenty three Brent, not not new That's age right. hipster twenty twenty four Brent. Yeah. <laughs> we get yeah, the oldie but a goldie. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because um, last month I did an interview with Sarna, but it's not gonna post in the news until I guess the end of the month. So, um, so you guys can scoop them. All right. It sucks to be Sarna. Aaron, I mean, that's uh, kind of on your plate there, buddy. T-shirt idea. Sucks to be Sarna. Oh, but I oh, like Sarna. No. <laughs> I, I like Sarna. Sarna. I, ignore, hey, ignore the I just, I still haven't <laughs> given up hope on our black and white clip art image of Ray saying support Battletech. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, I did oh. hear that there was a good likelihood that uh, we will have um, uh, a, a Randall Bills kind of a Andy Warhol-esque t-shirt for next year. Um, you know, the various expressions of Randall Bills. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Is it just yeah, the we, same image over and over, but different color palettes? Yeah, he refuses to smile in any image. It's hysterical. So, like, you know, like, he's posting, I'm super excited. I'm so thankful. Found, you know, the new the new starter box in Target, you know, for the first time, Battletech's in mass market, and he's standing there. There's no smiling. It's totally deadpan. No excitement <laughs> so, whatsoever. I'm so yeah. happy. He's in Europe. He's meeting be. with the Irish yeah. bands. I was going to say, he's been traveling yeah. all over the world. And yeah. it's like. <laughs> yeah. And he's standing there like he's got gas in every single inch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I'm constipated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. No, it's he's been uh, he's been hitting the road. Uh, Big time. I don't think I've ever seen as many Facebook posts from Randall Bills in the previous years, but now all of a sudden it's like every week. Yeah, usually he's chained to his desk, but when he breaks from the chains, he's there with no computer and nothing but his phone. So he's like, what can I do on my phone with my son? (laughs) Open packages. (laughs) He he finally read the manual on his iPhone. (laughs) 
yeah, he got home and sort of opened up all the packages that had built up. That was he posted the best, like, look what I got in the mail pictures ever. Look what I got. He had a great yeah. video the other day of just like very close up of his desk, and for the first I think five minutes, it was just his desk, and you can see like bubble wrap being moved around the edges and this and that, and everyone's just cringing to see something, and it's like, nah, you're gonna yeah. have five more minutes of tabletop. You know what's awesome about the desk that no one ever can tell from the photos? That desk is two layers. Like his his great big player thing with it, you know, we lay out all the stuff. There's a like a uh I think it's two sheets of plywood. Um so four feet by eight foot. Uh 3D battletech terrain underneath that. So he can play oh. Alpha Striker or or regular rules at any given time. It's completely set up underneath the blank thing. So he just picks it up and he should maybe oh, show that. that. <laughs> uh, right? That's what I'm saying. Uh, look what I got in the mail. Forget the stuff you got in the mail. Show us what's under. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's what you're going to have to put on the post from now on. But, but, but Randall, what's underneath it? What's, what's underneath? <laughs> yeah. What's on door what's number two? What's in the what's box? What's underneath it, Randall? <laughs> yeah. So did you guys uh, get the latest issue of Shrapnel? I did. Nice. Haven't yet. How'd you like did, the cover? I did the first thing I always do is I go search and I go K-R-U-L-L. <laughs> Were you in there? Did you nope. find it? <laughs> Zero <Yeah>. results. <laughs> Zero results. But uh, I am, I think, about half, eh, three quarters, no, a third of a way through it. Got to get my fractions <laughs> right. Um, the first story was amazing. Loved. Always start out with great, great athleisure. That is, that is <laughs> how you should always start every shrapnel. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so excited for the new stuff going on with uh, Great Death Legion. Um, I, I personally, I think the storyline for what's coming, like what's begun and what's coming, where that's going to snowball in, uh, I'm really excited because that whole idea of of the legacy of imagine living your life as a military family in the shadow of grace and death carlisle that that would suck that's some big shoes to fill right yeah oh and uh, by the way they all died heroically on the battlefield They're like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> so yeah that's why we don't have family get-togethers anymore is that going to cause some psychological well, problems for the, the, oh, children, yeah. the grandchildren going down the road it's like i'm well, old yeah, so the, let's go start a war we're, we're definitely chafing underneath that and so the characters that we're dealing with now are, are basically the great grandchildren, you know, the grandchildren and the great grandchildren. Yeah. And, and those are three generations removed from, you know, like this is imagine all the family squabbles that happen in a normal family. Now add in the pressure of none of you are actually related by blood, and all of you died horribly in war. So <laughs> just, yeah, it's not it's not a happy family when when they all get together. That brings up a really good point. Yeah, and it kind of ties into a lot of, and and I guess we're just fuck it, let's just dive right into it. A lot of the jihad era not having fiction is yeah. they don't feel like great grandchildren. Right. They feel like grandchildren. Yeah, like Grayson to me is still like just a couple years deceased when it's not. He's literally right. what. 80 years dead now in the current timeline. 
quick math, 80 to yeah, 100 years gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it, it just was dying time. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was dying time. It doesn't feel that way. No, to me uh, as a as a reader well, honestly, of fiction. I think, yeah, <laughs> and I'm a huge reader of fiction. In fact, it's like uh, I've often said that the the hook that keeps people in BattleTech is the fiction, because uh, you know, like reading a TRO or reading a source book, that's like you know, reading about World War II through reading military briefings. It's not a good way to experience. You gotta no. see it, see these events play out through the eyes of characters, and that's what fiction gives you. Um, so, so yeah, the, one of the weirdest things, uh, you know, John obviously is, is leading the charge with all of the fiction and, uh, and novels and stuff. And then Phil is backing him up with shrapnel. Uh, but we, he realized he's like, we have almost no fiction for jihad because the line was kept alive through the, through when we were producing a jihad era through source books, because that was the era that the New York uh, publishing industry had completely melted down. Uh, print on demand hadn't come about. So if you wanted to sell a novel, you were printing 10,000 copies and sticking them in your garage. Do or die. And yeah, it, it was do or die. It was really heavy expenses on the upfront uh, costs. Um, so, you know, like they literally, the, the, the fiction industry is dramatically different now than it was during the time we were producing the jihad era. So, yeah, uh, all of those jihad stories didn't get told uh, other than they were mentioned in like little chapter opening fiction briefing things in source books. When that's, yeah, there's so much uncharted territory there. And uh, John did a lot of stuff uh, as far as outreach and stuff to the, through the fan base to find out, you know, what areas in the timeline were you the most interested in? And uh, the Jihad was one of the most popular things people asked for. They want more stories of what happened during the Jihad. So, good it's, enough. It's a pretty influential era. Yeah. I mean, a lot, of stuff, a lot of stuff happened, and we're just, like, getting cliff notes of it. Um, I cheated a little bit in Shrapnel 15, just kind of like, you know, skimmed. And I was like, I just wanted to see what dates the stories were written in. And the one thing I loved about the Shrapnel 15 was like, it's all over the place. Like you're getting 3120, you're getting 3152, you're getting 30, I think there's a 3028 story or something like that. It's it's a lot of stuff is very intentional. Yeah, but that, it, that makes it, it very flexible. Where you know, new readers can jump around yeah. and go back. That's that's and where the I was old just readers. Gonna... The older readers can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something for everyone. Very and it, nice, and it, very flexible. I think that connects the points to new readers. It's like you know, I heard about Theodore Curita and Hans Davian, but I've you know, I picked up on you know, I'm a new player, so yeah. you know, um, Julian is is the guy and this and that. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden, Hey, I think I'm going to go pick up uh, the, the warrior trilogy or, or yeah. all that other stuff, which they should go do it. It's great. Absolutely. fiction. Yeah. But I, I do agree that that jihad era, there's so much that goes on there that we don't know about. And when I heard helpers talk about it, I was like, Hey, we're going back to the jihad. I was like, <laughs> yeah fill Yay. the gap yeah yeah but, one um, of the weirdest things is that it, the era is one of the best documented because once again that's what you're doing all all the groundwork and stuff is in the source books but there's no stories you, like it's very thin on actually tell us the tale tell us about the characters um so there was yeah. a lot a lot to go there i think that's why it feels empty like yeah. we know what happened but we don't know how it happened or yeah it's kind of like a whole shell we don't connect with any characters from exactly. that era. And 
you know that's that's why some people you know cling to the to the you know fourth secession wars because how many books were written in the fourth secession war <laughs> it's like yeah. a lot um, yeah, actually, one of the things we just because uh, I believe from Randall's posts uh, over the, this last week, everyone knows that Legends 2 is now done. Uh, it's the production proofs are in for approval and stuff. So uh, that's in the work. And um, there were characters through all the eras, including the Jihad era in Legends. And uh, some of the characters we actually fought over the most were the ones in the Jihad era. Uh, because the idea is that all the, you know, all the Manet Domini, they were all cyborgs. But the story behind it is that most of their upgrades were invisible. Like, okay, so she's just a normal-looking person. This is like, this is someone that burns children for fun with a flamethrower. Like, you <laughs> got to give me something to work with, other than, um, yeah, she has no visual mods, and she's just sitting there looking like a normal person. <laughs> she can't look like a normal person. The, the wrist de- the wrist detaches, and there's a flamethrower that pops out. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. I, I want to like you know, like the Terminator glowing eye. Give me yeah. something to work with. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing. I couldn't get any of it. I'm like, darn it, come on. Otherwise, they wouldn't make great operatives, right? The True. incognito. But uh, yeah, no. You, so you'll have characters in there from the jihad. Um, that one did a it did a good job of of um, you know fleshing out this content through all characters through all of the eras, uh, especially playable characters, characters that you can really just literally go grab the mech, put it on the playground, or put it on the battlefield, and and start rolling dice. Um, which is cool. And there are vehicles in there, too. Well, I, I just want to say the way, and we've talked about this all the time, and I just want to briefly touch on it and then move on to, to the future, but the way you guys are doing things now, right? Sourcebook, fiction, fiction, sourcebook, yeah. back and forth where the release dates are, I mean, simultaneous-ish. Ish <laughs> near simultaneous, give or take six months. Give or take, yeah. years better than the battles like ever had prior to the last five years. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're yeah. we're a little spoiled now, but you know, you're you're giving us a taste of what it used to be like to be a BattleTech fan. We're like, hey, nothing's coming out for like six to eight months, and we're like, oh no, give me and my you, shit you now. The, yeah, I remember the glory days of you just check every other week to see if the new BattleTech novels coming to the bookstore. <laughs> You check every those days. two or three years, you're like, oh shit, a new novel coming out. <laughs> yeah, at some point we set a very low bar there. Yeah, it wasn't your fault. We bailed that out. Now but, we've got to keep up with every copy coming out. It's great. Yeah. Honestly, even now I have to f- reading. And I have to find time to get them and find time to put them on the doggone shelf. That is it's great. One it's a good problem to have. Looking shelf though, Matt. I'm, I'm not trying, gonna lie. I'm trying to live up to the rest of you guys. I'm getting Brent, close. That's a new addition. That's that's brand new, and that that is looking nice. gorgeous. Oh, oh! Now I'm jealous. I had to remove all of the shelves for for novels. Those are now over here behind those box sets. <laughs> Because the novels themselves took up so many. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at floor to ceiling shelves. Yeah. Yeah. Brent's got like that's that's the the pro level shelving yeah. you, you would want. It does feel uh, great. Basically. I would say Matt is uh the upcoming rookie of the uh 
pro and league. that's mad props for for fan level. That's that's good. I'd like to Andrew, my, I'd like to show him my eight foot. <laughs> Andrew is dealing with. Um, Andrew's like the the billionaire, but he doesn't know where to put all of his shit. That's he needs to <laughs> he needs to reinforce his shelves. All the diction. <laughs> Andrew has a problem. <laughs> And we embrace that problem. Yeah. And we embrace that problem. Yeah, yeah, we do. Thank God. Like, thank God, I got an understanding wife. Amen. True that. At least you're upstairs. She kicked me downstairs. <laughs> I voluntarily went downstairs. You know how many trips I had to take with like all the weight <laughs> of these books? It was awesome. I got a workout. <laughs> yeah, books are so heavy. Hey, oh, screw man. the cookbook. We need a BattleTech workout book. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Lift with I, don't carry, I don't have to carry audiobooks. I know. Oh. I love audiobooks. They are not we coming could, out fast enough. We could do a Wolfman so, workout book. Speaking of shelving space, the Kickstarter is... I mean, we're getting videos left and right from the production yep. uh, company. Uh, new stuff is showing up on Randall Bills's Facebook page constantly. It is on the on the top of his desk, which we want to know what's underneath. And um, I guess I guess the question is, where are we at? Are we on track? We are. We are on track. So you, rough dates. You have, rough da- do you have a tentative date? Do you have a tentative date that that it'll be? On the boat, if you will, leaving for uh, I, I warehouse. Don't, I haven't honestly. I just haven't been paying attention. I know that the dates that I was paying attention to uh, were the last things we had to get out the door um, to get to print, so that they could be included in the shipments. Uh, and okay. those two last things were uh, Legends and the art, of, the Jamie Wolf's Art of War book. Uh, which, by the way, I'm waiting right now as we speak, sitting here for John Halpert to send me the final approvals, um, because it's going to to like literally. Um, in case you ever want to look, it turns out Jamie Wolf's handwriting looks a lot like mine. <laughs> <laughs> it better be cursive. <laughs> no. Oh my what? gosh, that's a brilliant comment. <clears throat> by the way. Why would you I, not have cursive? Come on. Because a thousand years in the future, would they still be using cursive? A yes. thousand years in the future, yes. kids can't read cursive now. Right, exactly. So, like that Come was on. one of the toughest things. The first thing I did was like, okay, well, what would Jamie Wolf's you know handwriting look like? Oh, well, let's go look at the handwriting of like the major generals of the last two hundred years. Every one of them was cursive. Everyone, without exception, all cursive. I'm like, I can't do it. I just can't. I, I, it <laughs> they, 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 they still have to teach cursive at the academy somewhere. <laughs> It's a prestigious I, honor. Apparently tradition. not in clan space. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that uh, tradition followed uh, the Exodus. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, be they, efficient. They, be yeah, efficient. be efficient. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but when you get your training certificates or you get your awards, those are traditions. They're signed. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, that would be different than his personal notes. Handwritten notes. <sighs> no wonder all the clan warriors are dumb. They can't even read their own certificate when they get it. <laughs> no, that's that's funny. Um, no, I'm yeah. very looking forward to that book. Um, that was a that was a hard stickler for me on the um, on the Kickstarters when I got sun, uh, 
Sun Tzu's Art of War yeah. with notation from Jamie Wolf, and I'm like, oh yeah, all right, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Got, and this has been a dream project for of Lawrence um, since he was um, like brainstorming with Stackpole in FASA. Oh. Like this has been one of his dream projects of all time. Nice. That's a while ago. Years, we're finally putting it in. Yeah. So when we say it takes a while to get pitches through the process, this is what we. <laughs> Twenty-five years or so, forty years, not, whatever. Not kidding. Yeah, it's taken me between. I have had some pitches that took three years. I've had some pitches that took seven. So <laughs> some of these things they just take a while to work them. You got to find the time where the stars align and all the things. You know, it fits exactly the needs of what the line is. Um, so yeah. The question you had earlier about. How are we doing on the artwork and the covers? And I think they're fabulous. They're showing a lot of movement. They're showing yeah. good flow. They're showing yeah. good, you know, the principles of art design. They're showing beef. They're showing three-dimensional. Love them. You know what job. else I, I noticed? That. Thank you for saying that. You know what else I noticed in Shrapnel? And it's, you know, I think it's in the, the previous, couple of previous ones. Artwork. Mech images in the back of the page. In the back Artwork. Of the Illustrations at the end, illustrations at the end of the story or in the middle of the pages. Yeah, you know, my favorite. I remember a podcast a while ago that said that they came up with that idea back, and we listened. (laughs) I remember that (laughs) we weren't gonna do it until you said it, and then we're like, you know what, that. That sounds like we'll put Battletech over the top. Oh my god, don't make his head get any bigger, man. Jesus. Broke that ego, Brent. Broke it. Traditions. It was fantastic. Thank you, thank you. I was just this year telling Randall, uh, like, at, at every given time that I have worked on the line, every time I would go to a show, I would... We, you know, every one of us would we'd have people stop us and ask, Oh, that's a Battletech shirt. Oh, is somebody bringing Battletech back? And we're like, Never stopped production. Yes, 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 we're bringing back. (laughs) Where have you been? Yeah, so I actually, this last year at Gen Con, I I don't think I had anyone say that to me. And this is the first time in my entire time working on, on Battletech, where apparently, like enough threshold has happened where people are aware that Battletech is back. It's popular. It's hot. It's, it's one of the cool sexies. Remind, so, re, remind, remind me. So Randall goes okay. and travels across Europe for all of those conventions. Well, there's no distribution in most of the EU. So he's there showing up with box sets and people are stopping him constantly. Oh, somebody's bringing Battletech back. I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> Ah, uh, there you go. You had to go overseas to get that now. But you, you clearly haven't worked that out with us. So, there you yeah, go, yeah, I guess shipping for a box set is like $193 or something like that to Crazy. you. So, like, yeah, we, we got to work on that. It ain't cheap, right, Tommy? <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. <laughs> it ain't cheap. Yeah. Remind, I, remind us, Brent, how long have you, how long have you been part of Battletech again. You came in during the Clicks era doing a lot yeah, of I came in during the Clicks art era, and design uh, work there. Yeah. So how many years then from now, you know, end of this year? Okay. 20 years. Yeah. Congratulations and thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, uh, one of the core illustrators until 2009, beginning of 2009. Uh, February 2nd of 2009. 
is when they handed me the reins for the art director. They're like, yeah, you get to be in charge of all of the art direction for Battletech and Shadowrun and at the time Eclipse Phase uh, for the world. I'm like, awesome, I'm in. I can't wait to meet all my artists. <laughs> and you got those reins in your hand and you're they like, yeah! six names. I'm like, that's not an international art core. I don't know what this sad little, like my grocery <laughs> list is longer than this. What do you mean this is the only people I have on my team? Yeah, so six months later, I had 300 artists working for me. And you so said, we'll get more. Yeah, yeah we needed well, more. I, I know we can't shout them all right now, but thank you to all those artists because... Yeah, amazing art, artists. We don't say it enough. Well, maybe we do, but we should say it more. But the art direction of Battletech now is... Yeah. Otherworldly. Like, thank you. The, the mechs and everything coming out now, especially the vehicles. Especially the vehicle. Those look like Battletech vehicles. Um, and even though we especially all know the really Anthony's in charge of the look and feel for all of that, um, I'm still going to, he's not here, so I'm going to take all the credit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they are the best. I mean, you are the art director. <laughs> I am the art director. I, just, I, I do there you go, pay yourself team. on the back. Good job. But yeah, if, I'm the one that put him there, so I get all the credit. <laughs> the new models I, just feel Battletech. They just do. They do. In a way that is very authentic to what they were originally, but yet when you, yeah, when when you look at them side by side, you're like, wow, we changed almost everything, and yet this feels exactly like what it was in spirit. So that's a still, that's that tough race for walk. It's still one of my favorite stories that that Randall likes to tell. <clears throat> I think he told it at Kerensky Con when they unveiled the new art for the Warhammer. Yeah. And everyone was like, how are you not going to get in trouble with Harmony Gold? Because this right. looks exactly like the Warhammer from the 3025 yeah. source. In your head, you're like, and, hey, you didn't change a thing. And then, you and then side you by put, side, you're like, you changed every square millimeter. Everything, everything yeah. has changed. Everything. So it, it goes to that, I mean, showing you guys that the amount of effort and design that you're yeah. putting in to make everything look and have that Battletech feel is top-notch. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. And this right. just in, right. welcome back to the show again, Charles Gideon Dirks. I'm so confused. Well, oh, Brent's here. I should have <laughs> worn my nice schooling jacket. Sorry. <laughs> I love that reaction. That was awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome, Brent. Thanks, thanks for coming. Like a soundtrack when I walk into the room. Oh, thanks here. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Darth Vader gets the theme song. I get Brent's here. <laughs> Charles, you're working too hard. Somebody no, worked you're, on you're Brent Allen's theme song. I am, <laughs> I am death warmed over, so. <laughs> um, so, Kickstarter, I, I guess. Uh, Huge success, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the accolades have been everywhere. Uh, every gaming magazine from hell, even Forbes had the article. Um, yeah. That, and that's why you're not getting the battlefield. Is Battletech back? Because Battletech is back. It, it yeah, just people are simply is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw, I saw an article here the other day that said Battletech was number three. On the miniature, from a from a miniature wargaming perspective, it's number three most really? popular miniature game. Yeah, I know we're on the, on the right twenty of all time, uh, and 
Yeah, there was something like I don't. I, I think it was in all of gaming. It was top seven. I don't know. It was something. I, I know that they have different ways to to grade and stuff. I'm just happy. It's so funny because you guys, we actually were together at Adepticon when we were watching the thing just take off. And while <laughs> yeah. everybody was focusing on the dollars, you know, Randall and I were like, you know, the dollars will or won't happen. We cared the most about the number of backers. How many people are we getting to come out? Because we know every one of those backers, A, A they're, those are fans that are excited about what we're doing with the line. A lot of them are new or new it, like we have returned. And they're getting these minis because they get to play with people. These are people that are all going to seed player groups. This is more than just, yeah, I want my one box to stick on my shelf kind of thing. Um, so it's really exciting to see. Just so was what was the difference between do you do you have any idea what the so you had a backer total for the first one and we had a backer total for the second one what was the um, delta we know what it was i i don't recall off the top of my head that we were actually discussing some of the things today uh because randall and talon had all the spreadsheets and stuff up um one of the weirdest things about the new one it, you know it's it's hard to compare the one Kickstarter to the previous one uh, because in the previous one, there were so many more products included in it. The new one was actually like a third of the size of what we were releasing. Didn't but feel like it when we I went knew our, <laughs> yeah, yeah, When I was checking boxes off, sure as shit didn't feel like it. We got there, right? We were inventing things to put in the first one. Like the second one, like, we stop doing that. No more eleven thirty brainstorming meetings on day three, like that. No, but uh, but yeah. So we we released a smaller number of products, and we knew that for the second one, it wasn't about delivering everything in the kitchen sink. It was about delivering a very targeted, thematically um, relevant group of items that players would want slash need. And doing it in a in a quick enough time frame so that there wasn't the two to three year wait time for your packages to show up. Because like we like the whole thing, like we want things to go Kickstarter ends and it fulfills within a year. Um, so we know if we were going to come anywhere close to pulling that off, we had to dial down what we were promising and quadruple down on being able to produce large numbers of everything that we did. Because on the first one, a lot of the things that we did were really weird things, you know, like like keychains and 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 yeah. um, you know, like the Pins. the cred sticks yeah. that yeah, the patches and stuff. And like, you know what? We're th th there were so many things. Uh, the t-shirts were the ones that broke us the worst. And I know most people. I mean, dice were awful. That was a train wreck. But like the t-shirts on the first one, we lost. A uh, Randall Bills did nothing but um, data entry and management for like a month and a half, just trying to get all the data into the computer system for like the store and stuff uh, for the shirts. Because every shirt that we did was a variety of sizes and was men's and women's. And so each product was actually like 11 products and we had 30 shirts. And managing that, managing that across several different databases that did not talk to each other, and every time they tried, it would corrupt things. It was awful. So yeah, it's, that's, I think we did like we beat them up to do like one shirt. Please give us a shirt for that. <laughs> we need something. <laughs> uh, and that was you know just one of those reasons. Lessons learned on the first one, and things we 
and we can do better on the second one. Uh, and obviously not promising 30,000 people that they'd get their characters added to Battletech with pictures because that didn't work as well as we would hope. But uh, So I, I just had to look. ICV2 is the gaming magazine. It is the comic book magazine. It is the magazine. And I just went and looked, and Hot Properties, top 10. Yeah. Out of everything, Battletech's number nine. Nice. I, I know uh, they, That's I think they re- just recently had one that was the best mecha properties in the world. Uh, Battletech was three of the five. Yeah. But, I mean, to be on their top 10 on Hot Properties is... Yeah is monumental i mean you're talking about oh oh, yeah all the comic book titles all the gaming titles and and battletech at number nine right now it's like it's back yeah that's amazing bless you it's 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 there did you just quote john wick did i (laughs) i don't know maybe (laughs) i suppose we should (laughs) you know what's crazy we we see it here in in the states um, the most because obviously we've talked about distribution and things availability. Um, and we've talked about how there's problems, you know, like uh, the EU and stuff getting their copies and how, how difficult it is. Uh, Battletech has always had a German publisher until recently. Oh, yeah. um, the German publisher completely fell on their own sword and did nothing. So we, we're now looking for a publisher for in Germany, which is like one of the global hubs of Battletech. Germany does not have a Battletech publisher. Hey, they're number five on our uh, countries of, of listenership. So Germany... Which is awesome. Step get on it. I'm secretly hoping that the fans in Germany get together and form an organization for the Battletech license. Because we know they can handle it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, In fact, we, we approach the ones that are handling the Shadowrun license, and they're doing a phenomenal job with Shadowrun. And they said, actually, we're not going to do that because Battletech is such a monster now. We, our company can't actually handle it. Could handle we couldn't it. do what it needs. In or, if we did, we would do it a disservice and w- it would make both of us look bad. Uh, so the, the fact that even you know, like the Germans in the industry folks, they know exactly how hot Battletech is. It, just nobody's willing to jump on the grenade, so to speak. So, yeah, well. God we need damn it. I got to move to fucking Germany, then I guess I'll move to Germany. We, I'll talk, <laughs> I'll talk, <laughs> I'll talk to the I think we got rid of him. No, no coach, coach, please don't. don't. We'll get rid of him. <laughs> please Germany. don't, coach. <laughs> no, please don't go. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, oh, darn. No. Do you need airfare? I, I can help. The shit on my head. Anyway, um, so yes, Kickstarter is in full swing. It looks, I yeah. mean, the 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 production models and everything that we're getting videos of look amazing. Um, you had asked when. Uh, the honest truth is, just like on the last Kickstarter, if it's coming out of China, I never promise until it's out of China. You know, like, <laughs> I'll leave my hand, and yeah. then I'll put a date out there. Uh, you know, like. <laughs> When you start our, seeing the the boat memes, <laughs> then you oh, know. <laughs> We've had so many of those things like, oh, it's in the shipping. Oh, it's on the ship. Yeah, it's in the container. It's on the ship. I'll believe it when it comes off oh, the ship. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was how many times we opened the died. container. 
thought on the what, ship. What was the name of that ship that got stuck in the Panama Canal or something <sighs> like that? We're don't like, jinx yep, it. that's where don't, the Battletech Kickstarters at. Ever forgiven. Yeah. Evergreen? Is that what it was? Yeah, Evergreen, wasn't it? <gasps> you said Evergreen. Who was it? Wasn't it Steve Jackson's it's game? Evergreen. Somebody they yeah. had uh uh the they flooded the compartment. So when when the shipping container, a forty foot shipping container, which had been packed floor to ceiling, arrived at the distributor, they opened the doors and a wall of water came out. Oh no! And it everything inside. They literally the the distributor shut down the whole warehouse and said, "All hands on deck." Everybody comes out, and they were just pulling, you know, decomposed wads of paper out because everything had save the plastic. Yeah, Save the yes, plastic. Salt water and books. It's okay. It's one of those ones like, yeah, oh. you lose everything, but that's just one of the things you have to sign away when you're having shipping things via ship. And uh, yeah, they hit rough seas and they flooded the holds. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, so they lost everything. So you heard it here first, listeners. It's not on the ship yet. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I assume it's not. I assume that the goal is to have every last thing. And most of it is done, I'm sure. But you can't ship it until the last thing comes off the printing press and go, you know, goes in, and then they're all out to the international hubs and stuff. So I, I don't know, but I would hope that our goal is to have everything coming off and on ships going out before China, you know, China shuts down for Chinese New Year. But that's what I would assume it would be. That's I, I have no June? idea what that actually is. That's June, isn't it? Uh, it would totally depend on where, uh, where and when. Uh, I think last time we saw a lot of the internationals get it get theirs before we did, uh, because their international hubs were closer to China than ours are. So mm. yeah, I think we saw Asia and Singapore and Japan getting theirs way faster. I think they were like three, four weeks ahead of us. Yeah, they Lucky. were a couple weeks ahead of us. I think Australia, most of Australia got theirs before us too. So I think the U.S. one was one of the later ones. Bunch of blows. That and the, 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 the European. Is anyone else getting the vibe that we should that have guy. Darth Gideon more often? <laughs> Always. <Yeah. laughs> I love it. I love Darth Gideon. This is great. What? Oh, am I, uh, am I eating my mic? I don't know. <laughs> you sound like a fishbowl. But <laughs> oh. I'm just dying. It's okay. Oh, hey, hey, you still don't you sound know? half as loud as John Helpers in every staff meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is it, it is about his mic. He he's an excitable guy. He's he, he, he an excitable guy. John, John, could you be half as loud? Sorry. Speaking of helpers, I want to know if my bet uh, oh, is still on. Oh, no. Well, oh. You had to bring up helpers. <laughs> He's been oh. waiting to ask this question. What bet did you do with Helfers? Just, just ask Helfers if the bet he made on our Adepticon streamed game, there was, remember, that was our night of fun, and there was a bet I was going to say, Brent may not probably remember, don't remember that. Yeah. Well, I was don't like remember. three quarters of the bottle in. <laughs> it, just it, it revolves around my character, and uh, yeah. Helfers Yeah, you drank the yeah, helpers kept helped helped out a little bit, and then a bet was made, and we won the bet. I won the bet. Andrew I and I. Yeah, I don't bet. remember. You ever so notice that the the pusher that keeps filling the shot glasses is not the one drinking? It wasn't me. <laughs> it was. It was this guy I right was, here. I was drinking the entire time with them. 
Yeah, you yeah, just can't keep up were, with Andrew. I trust them twice their size, so it doesn't take it takes a lot yeah. longer for it to next, me. next time. Next time you talk to helpers, just say, "Hey, Aaron Kroll asked about the bet." He now, whether remember he remembers or not, and then helpers I, will I say, guarantee Who? his brain was mush, and he he is way more of a lush with alcohol than I am. Oh no, so I he, reminded yeah, him. He, he'll remind. He may not remember you. Uh, so I I reminded him the next day. He knows. We shook hands right. on it. You yeah, I don't think you hand. should ask him. I think you should demand that you're, you're you're looking forward and just assume it's going to happen, and and you're looking forward to the delivery of whatever <laughs> said bet was. I'm just gonna say, ill clan eyes only might get pushed back another year. I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. <laughs> we need that Jeez. book. <laughs> Jeez, I'm actually so looking forward to that book now that I know what's going in it. Um, Everybody's looking forward. looking forward to that book. I'm having it's, art done for it already. It's it's. It's what, been so uh, long. Do we have? It's going to be next year, correct? That that yeah, book will come yeah. out. It's going to be the big signature event for the year. Yeah. So, so that'll be a Gen Con release, or trying uh, hopefully to by Gen Con, yeah. Um, Gen. So yeah. Uh, intentionally, we Con. we like it if things are releasing either at Gen Con or just before Gen Con. So. Um, does that now, mean that possible, should... I'm not going to say it's ever happened on BattleTech, but you know, other publishers may have had issues with things actually arriving in time. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got through with a straight face. You totally broke over One way or the other, it'll make Gen Con uh... way, shape, or form. Dude, I had it. I had the straight face going. Oops, you did very well, dude. I'm surprised you made it as long as you did. You did very well. I, I applaud you on that one. You did Brent better. Evans, straight card face player. Yes. Poker, no poker, poker face, face no. until poker face until the river shows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's your theme music. Uh, my poker face, my poker face. Yeah. That is a good song. <laughs> you've been doing a lot of concerts as of late, following your little Facebook deal there. You post a lot of pictures. You've been Kind of oh, busy as yeah, I I really yeah. enjoy uh, I've really enjoyed um, you know seeing live music and stuff. And honestly, I, I got into it uh, a couple years before COVID, uh, and just because I just realized like, <laughs> you know, my son is like, you grew you were in Seattle during like grunge and everything. Like that was your college days. Like, you, yeah, what was it like going to go see Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and everybody? And like, like, I didn't see any of them. I was a broke college guy. I had no money. I'm like, man, I really missed out on a lot of like amazing moment in rock and roll history. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go start watching shows. So, yeah, I actually go to a lot more than I post. But you at Um, least got to wear flannel. You wore flannel that time, though, didn't you? Oh, I lived in flannel. See, tell Uh, your son you wore flannel. Then he'll be like, okay, Dad, you're cool. Yeah, it it, it was layered. You had the T-shirt. You had the flannel unbuttoned. And then you had the Levi jacket over the top. That, that so, was the, the triple layer style. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes if you knew it was going to be cold, you added uh, a sweatshirt, but you didn't put it on. You tied, tied it, it around. around your waist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Doc Martens. <laughs> yep. Yep. Your fashion brief. <laughs> brought to you by Brent Evans. Yeah. Back in the 90s. Yeah, Seattle um, in the 90s. So uh, what is the... So you said that you're doing artwork for Ilkland Eyes only. 
Um, is there any yeah. other um, deals that are coming up that you're like super excited about? Yes. Any little things that yes. you can like give us that you're, I can't uh, wait for I'm you guys to see that. These things are coming. Um, <laughs> one of the ones that just crossed my desk this week. Uh, the Wars of Reeling, Reaving Trilogy. Ooh. Yeah, Helfer, Helfers and, and the, the author team are putting together a trilogy of novels to bring the Wars of Reaving to life. Uh, wars of Reaving, for those of you folks that are out in the real world uh, and aren't real connected with what it's like working on this property behind closed doors, the Wars of Reaving project was one of the coolest projects all of us have ever worked on. It was so that magical lightning in a bottle as a project to work on and be a part of the team. It was so cool. We were allowed to break so many rules and break so many things. Um, yeah. I mean, like you, you just really? think about how many characters died, commands died. Um, it, it, it was one of those great leveling moments where, you know what? It, not even one in clan space. It's not even a like a part of a planet or a whole planet would go like they were regions of space were changing hands. You know, right. we, we had so many things happening. We, um, you know, at the time the writing, um, you know, it, obviously Ben and Herb had been, were the folks at the time that were really dealing with the the narrative of the direction for this, uh, and and Ben Ben was really passionate about it, and and Herb empowered him to really run and. Uh, all of us were supporting him. It's it's one of the most brilliant products I've ever seen. It, it's rare that I see a source book come out where me and every one of my player group guys read it cover to cover. But it the events really good book. of that, yeah, the events yeah, of that project were, were that way. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah. I'm really excited to see uh, you know a, a trilogy yes. of novels come out for that conflict. Is this a, is it a set piece or is it a potential, um, dare I say, reboot to see what's going on in the home worlds compared uh, to the time? No, it's, that not, we're it's at. not a reboot. No. Uh, just a, just it, a set it's not piece for that. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it, think of it as its own contained thing because the sure. wars of reading happen and kind of re totally reset the status quo of what happens over the course of that conflict in the homeworld clans. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure the writers are going to leave story seeds for things that will eventually happen later. Um, but what I do know is that like for all of the storylines and plot lines and things that, that everybody's focusing on for the next three years, the homeworld clans are not included in that. Because we have so many things in the inner sphere to deal with, like uh, there's just no room in it. And and honestly, nobody's nobody's even seen us like. W there's no space in there for a need for a story for something. And so so far, nobody's pitched us a story that was so spectacular we changed our minds. Okay, but it's kind of nice to have that in the back pocket, isn't it? I mean, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure that you know down the line years from now that is yeah. we're gonna like that's gonna be the greatest. Know, ace card to pull out of your sleeve oh yeah um, i mean yeah it's kind of like you know the wolverine project that blaine did you know writing the story of uh, of what happened there with all that nuance with clan wolverine um that would not have had the impact no matter how good it was written if it had, had come out in 1993.
No, you know, no, it, it had right. a dec- it had what, two decades to <laughs> comes out two decades play. later, and everyone loses yeah. their goddamn mind. Climbing their yeah, <laughs> please give us this story. And of course, you know, he delivered it, and the story changed the way you looked at everything you had known for the last twenty five years. Like that, that was the power of a good story. Yeah. And yeah. so, some of those stories they need time to simmer. Yes, so I one hundred percent agree. Because so, yeah. how in the hell are you going to figure out what to put on those covers? <laughs> uh, you know, for layout, that's a good question. That's actually hasn't been that hard. The authors, uh, like the process between the authors and the and the art side, with me as the funnel between the author's brain and the artist's brain. Um, you can just focus the, on character units and. Front yeah. Lines. So usually, I encourage the artists or the authors like to go ahead and tell us what's going on. You know, give us the full battle scene. What we choose to put on the cover, you know, like any good movie director, we're going to pick the most dynamic, interesting, exactly, within the greater epic. Uh, but, you know, it's helpful for the uh, for the writers to tell us, like, here's what's going on. Here's the nuances. Here's the conflict and, you know, where they are and, and who's fighting. Um, and, and then we choose the special. Uh, one of the tough things there is uh, on one of them, it, uh, it, it includes a mech that we actually haven't redesigned yet. The, the sketches are approved, but the model isn't done. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm really in trying to limit the, the spotlight units that we put on covers and things to ones that, you know, if a fan gets it, reads it, loves it, they can go grab the box off the shelf and, open, you know, open it up, drop it on a roll dice, mm. you know, that kind of nuance. So that, that actually is the, the biggest challenge that we're dealing with is, you know, like there's so many, you know, well-loved units. And over the course of, uh, of that conflict, there were so many weird little mechs like we you know weird tech and we you know like not not your clan invasion cords you know oh there's a man cat i can put that everywhere no they had a lot of extreme things that we just simply haven't worked down the list to get to um, a lot of second the line wars years. of raving box sets force packs oh uh i I'm don't in. anticipate don't see that for 2024 just <laughs> throwing that out there <laughs> i mean you uh, although could, i will say you, Honestly, a, a Wars of Reading box that I think is a brilliant idea because uh, the Society's mechs were so unique and different. Um, I, I think that'd be fantastic. But it's a self-contained thing. Then you can sell them in packs of three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our profit margins will be fantastic. The one thing well, I hate about Wars of Reading is like, well, they, they do in squads of three. <laughs> and I'm like, now we have to make rules about society, Max. <laughs> but wow. um, they also used Protomax. Like they had oh, yeah. so many Protomax, yes. uh, which also throws out your usual, you know, formula for how you calculate your stuff. Um, and, and the whole idea that they had mechs that weren't armed. Yeah. Oh, like that. That just jacks up everything. Industrial mechs. Yep. Oh, well, they had the what was it, the cephalus? The, the yeah. Uh, and I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that one because you know we all know. But uh, uh, yeah, ha- having this super light, super fast mech running around that's not armed, so nobody can target it. You're like, oh, uh, uh, okay, that that's not Honorable. usual build. Yeah, I think one of the Kumas don't have any armament either. The three mm. Kuma three. Yeah, it jumps way far away and donkey punches you. Jump jumps twenty, I think. On wow. the of course, it's still experimental, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but, but they lived in experimental there. Like yeah. during the war, even that was that was 
bread and butter. Nothing was actually proven. Like you said, they broke a lot of rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you start mounting HPGs as weapons, you, yeah. you definitely cross the line. <laughs> Fuck that rule. So Brent, so Brent, you were talking about new models and and potentially how has that process changed now with the Kickstarter and the, how you guys are producing miniatures now? One thing that we've, you know, been somewhat critical about is just getting new stuff out, right? Especially, especially new mechs, new models that we want to play with. What does that look like now that you have <clears throat> these contacts um, overseas and the ability to produce? Is that an that's easier a, thing now? That's a cool question. Uh, I would say it's definitely easier because A, we're better at it. Uh, B, after, what, 2 million miniatures or some ridiculous number, um, they now think of us as like one of their best clients so that they put us, they give us priority for stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of have it down so we know what works. We know actually how long things take so we can not trip ourselves up. Like on, on the first Kickstarter, uh, I, I believe we, um, you know, we committed to like, what, 92 new mechs. And at the time we did that, I think we had seven of them done. <laughs> so, compared to the ratio, yeah. When the second Kickstarter happened, we ran the Kickstarter as we were approving. I think the last dozen they'd already been redesigned. The models were in the works and stuff. We were we were you know polishing them up and getting them ready. Like the molds had already been made for like seventy five percent of the of the miniatures that were in the second Kickstarter. So, so we we knew what it was going to do. We, what I guess the the biggest weird thing is if for the the folks, you know, fans and stores and stuff, they, they're seeing these things come out in bursts. But the truth is, like, we just, we now have it as a regular steady flow that we just don't stop when we finish a Kickstarter. We just roll right into what's going to come next. And we plan five years out and we, like, we're dropping things in. And, of course, Lauren's throwing us curveballs and the distributors are asking for special things and that's all well and true that that's fine that that's the good healthy way things are supposed to go you know when when uh you know when barnes and noble says hey can i get another exclusive pack and we'll pre-order thirty-five thousand copies you don't say no <laughs> right right <laughs> and, and I'm not saying it was thirty-five thousand dollars or thirty-five thousand copies was the number. I don't actually know. I don't remember what the number was. But you know, when if Large. any one store came to any game company and said, "Yeah, I would like to pre-order ten thousand copies," that changes a lot of things. It makes a lot of things possible. Um, and, and that was actually kind of the story behind the Hans's Rough Rider pack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You told us that story. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, and that was just so cool. When you're like, by the way, I've always been a Hanson's Rough Riders fan. Can I get a Hanson's Rough Rider? Like, dude, you're you're the distributor. <laughs> like, you can you get anything you want. Yeah. As long if, as long as the check clears. <laughs> he was so over the moon by by with this 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 box. I'm like, do you not know who you are? It's like, you know, George Lucas geeking out, I got a new stormtrooper. Like, dude, you can have a stormtrooper. So yeah, it, it was just like cool little magical things that we can pull off now because we're better at it. So we can handle those curveballs better. So, so can you hold on, I got one more. I got one more. So can you talk me through the conversation of including a painted mech in a force pack? Are you part of that conversation? And, and yeah, how absolutely, I'm part of the conversation. Um, okay. So, 
so this is one of those questions of how does the sausage get made? Um, it, it, a lot of people don't want to know how the sausage. No, you can ask. It's totally fine. Um, <laughs> we uh, we have always been fans first, and then you know, like the creative team second. You know, like all, every one of us is a diehard fan. We started out there and worked our way into to working on the property. Um, so we've always had our dream things, and it, it would be fantastic if we if there were oodles and oodles of pre-painted like it would multiply the uh the the box sets that we could do okay here's all the same mechs in the steiner paint scheme now here's all the same mechs in the davian paint scheme you know like we just keep cranking stuff out without having to pay for mold costs or anything else like that that's amazing but doing that comes with some problems a variety of problems all of a sudden you have factions that people don't want so retailers are left with some faction because there's no Lao players in their area or there's no Merrick players in their area. And it doesn't mean that there aren't those players out there. They're just not in their area. So when packaging a product line to be retailer friendly, you want to make sure you're not structuring them to end up with, you know, functionally dead stock on shelves. Leftovers. You don't want the retailers to get stuck with it because they, there were a, you don't ever want them to be returning things and the processes for return things are not good um so yeah you want you want to make sure that it is retailer and fan fan friendly um it's kind of like in the uh, you guys remember the 90s i assume most of you were old enough to remember the 90s uh comic books in the 90s they realized well we have a comic book and we'll sell fifteen thousand copies but if we do a second cover then we'll sell an extra 10,000 copies. And so next thing you know, every comic book is coming out with seven different covers. Well, that doesn't mean you're doing seven comic books. It just means you're trying to make more money off the seven comic books. But at, in a very short threshold of time, people get pissed off about that. Um, and that's how you end up with, yeah. <laughs> It, this people, guy, you know, this guy owned a comic book shop for five years. I know yeah. all about yeah. that. Well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. And so yeah. that's how we end up with boxes and boxes of clicks. You know, Access inventory. And, yeah. Ex, yeah, just things like, you know what, I have this just in case I ever need this action. But um, giving the fans the power by providing them unpainted um, is more user-friendly for where the line is at currently. Um, now, admittedly, behind the scenes we're all fans first so we are always about pitching the cool crazy idea can we pull this off is this something and 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 lauren was die hard committed to wanting pre-painted miniatures impacts um and uh i think ray and i fought against it tooth and nail because i it it added several steps of complexity into fulfillment of that production thing a whole lot of cost and not a guaranteed sell yeah it, it threw so many hooks in at a time where we may feel like we're all hopped up on our own on how great we've done with the last two kickstarters but really the the rebirth of battletech is still pretty young like it, it feels like it's been around a lot here but you go to ireland you go to you know, you go to Spain, you know, it's not the same globally. And this is a global franchise. Uh, so we, we are continuing to fuel the fire, but trying to overstretch things on having pre-painted stuff 
man, you, it, it's a weird process. So it, it yeah, just makes me, things a lot more for me when I when I heard it was coming out, the one thing that I was like, you know, for me when I looked at it was you can add thank you, honey. You can add this pre-painted miniature. You're welcome, Andrew. Putting it. <laughs> hey, Thanks, Jess. Baby. When, Thanks, baby. Um, when you add that pre-painted miniature in, was is there any way to really get um, sales data back out of it because that miniature's in a pack with other miniatures that aren't painted, right? Yeah, you just you and, just have to uh, uh, add it into like. Did, Here's what we expected to sell of these. Do we think that the, the, the that having a painted miniature in there helps increase the velocity? Um, and there's just no good way what no good way to to really know. But you can just guesstimate based off total sales. I um, thought. Well, I guess one of the other questions is: Does it? Does sorry, go ahead. Doing a legendaries pack, I thought would have been a fantastic way to test printing. Uh, we talked about it. Uh, we talked about okay. all of it, I, and honestly, like yeah. it. it I, it, it may actually be happening. Is it, it? Do we? Are we having one painted mech in the or special the releases for Thunderhawk? No, the Thunderhawk. No, the Orion. Orion. Kerensky's Orion. General Kerensky's oh. Orion is is the pre-painted <laughs> miniature. Okay, I, I kind of thought that the, there's anyway. going to be multiple packs that have one pre-painted. Oh, that I know we talked about it. I, I honestly don't even. That could what be. The final yeah, was. I, maybe I, each I, of the maybe each of the Star League packs that are coming out will have one painted in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, honestly, uh, I think we the, tried it like as a, this is a trial product. Uh, okay. Was the pitch at least the, you know that we were battering around is is we've never breached this, but and we're not going to paint every mech in the pack. But if we just do one, let's see what the fan base says. Let's see how well this is received. And let's just let curious. Us the water just the curious product, about so. it. Yeah, I no, was no, curious it, about it. it on so what your thought questions. process was around wanting to have that. So. so as appreciate a, that. As, Thank you. As a previous purchaser of these items for retail, there's there's kind of two ways to go around it. One is when you put one painted mech in a pack of unpainted mechs. For me as a store owner, that's 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 an easy go buy that pack. Okay. Because I, I want them to buy paints, I want them to buy brushes, I want them to buy exactly. And and the follow-up is like I have a pre-painted mech here. I just need to copy that with the yeah. other three mechs or whatever is in my pack. And we now are releasing paints. Exactly. You know, like we're starting to go down that road. Now, obviously, on a pre-painted mech from us, it's not gonna come camo specs quality. Like no. this is gonna be this is gonna be beginner, <laughs> no. you know, how dare you low not end of gamer ready how? game ready paint scheme. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kevin, and Kevin okay. Witt needs a job. He is bored <laughs> as hell. Just he doesn't have enough. Room. He doesn't have enough to. He doesn't have enough to. Just strap that, him that, to a chair and say, "This is all you do from now on." That <laughs> was uh, that hey, was part of China. what was that was part of what was confusing. I think during the uh, PAX reveal was when they were, and I think it was just totally coincidental. But when they brought up a painted miniature. They still had the uh, CSO painted Thunder yeah. Chicken on the screen, and it's just like it, it ain't gonna be that. Like it, it, it ain't gonna be that. Yeah, can you imagine if it was though? But, oh no! Well, oh, that'd yeah. be that'd be nice. I, I, yeah. I'd buy one. As far as I know, <laughs> once again, the goal here is, uh, you know, to help um, 
you know, feed the new player in. Like this whole goal has been getting new generations of players, attracting new players to, to Battletech, getting people playing Battletech at a much wider scope than it had been five, ten years ago. Uh, and and you're, you have to baby step that. Yes. You know, so, so giving them here's an example of you know this on a scale of one to ten, this may be a two or a three. Well, an, a, a, a rookie painter may not be looking at camo specs going, I can do that. I can paint checkerboard, but. And they may look at what they're coming out of this box. It's like, you know what? Actually, I probably could pull that off. And that's one of the reasons why when we did the paint set, uh, we used those, uh, you know, the the speed paints. This, this the, special, house, yeah, the house colors. Yep. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, so, that was brilliant. Yeah. Very simple, straightforward. Here's a way to get some color on your on, on your mechs. Not trying to overpromise. So I agree with Andrew that a Legends, a Legends pack that was pre-painted would be amazing. Um, I get, so this is, and I, I have an extensive history in X-Wing and I sold X-Wing and I, and I played X-Wing at the, at every level. Well, and there's and a great, 43, like there's great, been all kinds of great products that have been come out pre-painted. Yes. And, and that was the big draw is everything was pre-painted. I, yeah. it looked great the minute I took it out of the pack and I put it on the board. Yeah. Um, with Battletech, you know, hat. Not half, but a third of, of the enjoyment of Battletech is painting your own miniatures. Yeah. Now the the, is the it crowd. Uh, well, is I mean, it, was just like that seems pretty high <laughs> for those for those crazy ass people that actually have the time to paint. Yeah, I would assume that's that's ha- that's a third of the enjoyment of Battletech. For us, that have to, you know. Two weeks before a tournament, we're like, oh, God, please. <laughs> I mean, how many of us yeah, have brought primers? They just... <laughs> uh, we... These are all red. This is how There's plenty of us that brought paint and brushes to the tournament the night before <laughs> putting the finishing touches on. But I, I, I get where you're going with the pre-painting miniature because, one, it looks great off the shelf. Anything yeah. that looks great off the shelf helps sell yeah if it ultimately inspires the fans yes then we did our job two it gives them a real life model of like okay i have this one and then i have these three hmm i wonder what i'm gonna do like you're almost preempting them to go buy paint brushes all this other stuff and then when they get that then you got them hooked which is which is great um i don't know if it's mad I don't know if it's worth the, you know, again, you're not going to know the cost outweigh until you actually sell the pack and, and right. it could be a dud. It could be the best seller. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, and there's something to be said for, for, uh, you know, a, a spotlight item that may not really prove all that viable, but Hey, we tried it. We put it out there. It's pretty cool. You know, like WizKids had the drop ship. And and yeah. everyone that I know still has a dropship because they're like, this is so cool. We all hunted one down. Like, you know, so there's something to be said for that. And that's what WizKids did have going with the clicks. They were all yeah. pre-painted. I mean, if way down the road, sure. I mean, Battletech is oh, we back. We would love to get there. Yeah. Can, can you start doing a Draconis Combine pre-painted pack? You know? Yeah. Sure. If, if, Isn't that just pre-painted red? 
Yeah, they just they just dip it in red paint and then throw some gold flecks at it. They've got and, a lot of gray. And then they medium gray. The problem is is trying to go and find enough dog shit to put in the box to to package it together. I mean that's that's kind of hard. That's that's a lot of dogs. Jesus. <laughs> You're just talking trash about House Karina. Aaron, take Damn. a shot. Not, uh, hey, speaking of, I do have a shot right here. Thank you, Matt. For wash, that, your, uh, wash that dog shit out of your mouth. Here, here's here's to Brent, <laughs> our our forgetful <clears throat> mate, almost a year ago. There we go. Not, to, uh, not to jump back too far, but um, going back to the uh, piece talking about the mini production. What I, I know what Brent was saying was we are a well-oiled machine. All I heard though, all I heard though was, there's no reason to not have a Contio. That's all. That's all I heard. But I know that's not what you're saying. But that was that was a dark Jedi trick right there from Darth Gideon. There is no reason to have a Contio. Contio, man. I'd buy, I'd buy three. I'd buy three. Just you know, if that. You know, if you need to pitch that to Randall and Lauren, that has, that has three or so, three or so. The new K O N T I O. What is the new, uh, the new special or the new premium? There we go. That's the word I was looking for. That should be the next premium mech. Is the country? Yeah. I'm getting excited over here. It's a stupid model. Really? So this is the one it's you're so all excited good. about. Wow, the stats on it are the, stupid. The, the, the one, the one that is like uh, optimized for like the. What do you mean the thing. one? There's only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I mean, that is a stupid fucking mech. Oh, don't make that. <laughs> that is, it's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> they got one named awesome. When you got, <laughs> when you got a, uh, when you, when you, when you design a mech from the ground up to do twelve damage punches like yeah you, you you have to like manage the entire game manage your heat get in the right position pop your mask like everything for one chance well two chances yeah to punch somebody in the head and then you're gonna die well, it's because like it's scary. a 40 hunter yeah 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 it's like it's yeah. like the kuma minions and and randall and i both we we brought really nice high-end clan max we thought we were going to be just dominating and this scarabus <laughs> spent four hours picking you apart. His, his bitch. Yeah. I mean, it was it, we got shellacked so bad. It wasn't until honestly, it was like twelve thirty at night. Uh, he blew a piloting roll and fell, and that's the only time we were able to hit him. <laughs> Did damage to himself. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, just just a fluke. Like we we're just waiting for him to roll two. It's like, oh my gosh, we cannot hit the. We we literally we couldn't hit him. Uh, and yeah, it's just when you have players that have the savvy, because to, to really pull that off is so hard. Um, and you're right. It totally, you're managing your battle around this special ability. I mean, so. that is a sexy mech. That would that would warrant premium quality. What is it? Oh, it's Ill Clan. Oh, oh and, uh, hey, what, look at and, here. And I misspoke. It's, it's not mask. It's Supercharger. It's Supercharger. Yeah, it's got to be Supercharger. It comes out in the Dark Age. Hey, Star League Clan Wolf has it. There you go, Brent. Interesting. Yeah, the Russell, Russell Hog Dominion. Mercenaries have it, but Wolf's Dragoons don't. 
That's so. Speaking of the stuff that's going on in the Russell Hog Dominion, Dominion. How many of you guys read um, Question of Survival? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm holding up my hand. If you can see, nice, nice. So, did you guys like it? Do you like what we're what the storyline of what's playing out there? (laughs) Matt, (laughs) let's let Matt field this one. Sure. Uh, <laughs> wait, where's my soundboard? Where's my soundboard, Charles? It doesn't record, uh, but <clears throat> oh, it doesn't record it. Well, he can play it, and I can repeat it. How about that? I'm I'm anxious to see what happens next when they try and kill each other. Yeah, one of the coolest because they basically just have themselves from all the power they had at their disposal. Oh, yeah. What is it when one great faction gets to the top? It's got to come crashing down. Which it's called sense. a civil war. I, <laughs> Just, I tell it, you, you know, what. The thing was that, like, uh, for, uh, obviously we're game designers. We we need to make sure that we are, um, you know, dealing with things. Uh, a lot of the epic decisions are made over the course of what does the game need. I I love um, the artwork. I, I I love the character development. I, I love the the units, and we got so much more information about clusters and yeah. galaxies we had no idea about. But they're but... yeah, they're <laughs> falling on their own sword. Well, yeah, and honestly, I'll, I'll get used to it. Laid down I'll get in used the to dark it. age. Like this the, is. Uh, the... The Dark Age novel about the, the the whole free minder movement and all that other stuff, and you realize, like, man, this is that was priming the punt for a civil war all the way back then. Um, and there there was no way with one clan, you know, becoming the ill clan, that that wasn't gonna be flashpoint. It it just had to happen. Like, you know what? You guys made a choice. You integrated. I, You're the you one know, clan that integrated. When, and it when had it, to fail. When, when the right? ill clan series had to fail, like, integration had to fail. Well, you know, it's interesting because the, the, I, I, that's how a ma- philosophical question. I, I many, would argue it didn't fail. How many, how many decades did they integrate successfully? And then, right. See, but that, that's the thing is they didn't, they didn't war over along faction lines, those faction lines. It was Clanner and Russell Hagian, Russell Hagian. Versus Clanner yeah. and Russell Hagian. It wasn't, oh, well, we're all the true born, so we're going to bring the fight to yeah. all the free births. But a lot of those, a lot of those a lot that was the brilliant part about it. A lot of those true borns started to see that it was easier being Russell Hagian, and they started right. to, well, right. what, why did it all of a sudden tip? It, it was amazing that it was world by world, not yeah. faction line. It was which, like, if you really think about it, is the way it would have gone. Way it would have gone, but I, I think it was a it was it was a rough way to have political change into self suicide. You know, I, <laughs> well, I, well, I, well, it, and to to Brent's point, right? Of how long ago was the Freeminders dropped and everything? Uh, yeah, like, what that, was that? Thirty one, thirty six ish. I was gonna say I thought it was thirty five ish. Yeah, something well, in there. Well, no, I, I mean, I mean, from uh, like chronological, like release date of oh, of, yeah. of, of that that storyline, right? Where yeah, for the reader, 
just short of 20 years in the making. Yeah. I, it it right. would have made more sense to me if you would have seen a steady progression of Civil War instead of at the drop of a hat at the last minute. That's my <laughs> opinion because that's how it that's, right. that's how it escalates. Yeah, it I really. Mean, it, it, if it, if it really took the vote to do that, you would have thought that they would have countermanded that through other ways way long like, ago. Prime Minister taking a vote on something that you like, you shouldn't be putting this to a vote because like this, this goes nope. away. You're done, and I'm out. Cool this baby down a little bit. <laughs> We're fine. That's a bad idea. <laughs> let's let's sequester some people or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I to me, you know, and we talked about this how many years ago on the podcast. Like, what are they gonna do? What are you? What is BattleTech Fiction gonna do to make us rejuvenated and be like, oh, this is new and it's not just jihad all over again or clan well, invasion all over again it, is it going to be a pattern when there's a top but, dog then it just civil wars them but i mean they just took the fucking sledgehammer to the entire inner sphere nobody's safe nobody's safe yeah that was, that was the only way you could do it i mean clan yeah. ghost bear is in a civil war Draconis combine are thin but think they're cool well that way you pluck all those key factions out of the way so you interject the next takeover of terra exactly well and and the linchpin is wolf clan took over terra jade falcon is gone basically other than did they i mean oh yeah yeah they did allegedly (laughs) Allegedly. Hey, yeah, they had to step over it. my presumably dead body to fucking do it. So <laughs> you're, you are so dead. The, the dead. Oh, my up there dead. pretty early. Oh, that's the best. That's, that's the best. <laughs> See, I just I just reread uh Forever Faithful and I posted it. Uh oh. Cutting out. Cutting out. Nope, yep, you, you, Hold you're on. dying, Andrew. Start over. Start over, Mark. Skynet got him. Um, yeah, nope, you're still Not DOA. DOA, buddy. I'll message what? him. You, you fucking unplug, plug it back in. <laughs> <clears throat> Is someone having a storm? My bad. Um, anyway. Where did I leave off? Paul Moon. You're, you're Paul targeting Moon. computer just shorted out. There you go. Now we got you. Holman walking down the dropship ramp and making every wait yeah. pour, pour out Trent's ashes onto the planet and making the statement that we are the ill clan. Right? And then we get into then we get into uh, 3050 and Alaric taking uh, Earth, Planetara and reinstating or giving credence to reinstating clan jaguar clan smoke jaguar it's just man after reading that and hearing his statement and knowing that um there's seeds of that in that group oh yeah there's some interesting lines of of uh plots that could happen there i think now now for what it's worth putting him on terra first 
wasn't staking, staking a claim to being the Ill clan or the Ilkhan. Well, he makes that statement. Yeah, he, he does he? Yeah, it, everybody didn't move until he moved. Hold on. I think I, I think I can pull it back up. Verbatim. Technically, yeah, he didn't I, I call himself the Ilkhan until, I think, in the boardroom with the Wolf's Dragoons in the damn thing. Because when when Osis meets up with Alaric, he tells him we're not we're not contesting. We're not saying we're not, yeah we've been there, but no, we're not we're not making any claim. Well, we're not in conflict with you. He took he took a hold small on, portion, and we're going to continue on. to be a Fidelis. The rest were Smoke Jaguar. Yeah, but getting to Terra doesn't mean you take Terra. No, and he knew it. No, Moon pulled out pulled out a. Small You were here first, my old comrade, he said, spilling the contents onto the red clay of Terra. Prince ashes blew into the breeze across the dry grass. You are the first of our people to touch Terra. This makes you the first of the clan warriors and us the ill clan. Yeah, Interesting. But, then he, but then he surrendered to Alaric yeah. on well, New Moon. I, I, well, I, so. Now that I'm thinking about it again, I feel like there's some poetic license there because Trent died a clanner. Yeah. Moon was not a quote-unquote clanner at that time. Right. right? No, they become the Fidelis. So he, him him saying, like, you, because you died a, clan, a true clansman, you're touching Terra, you win. I, but you're also dead, so... You're literally you know, dust. Neener, neener. It doesn't, it doesn't count. Neener, neener. <laughs> it pulls it, up the neener, neener. It, 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 it hit the feels. That's what it did. It hit the feels. Yeah, it, was just, it, was a, it was a very interesting reread when I came across it and the fact that he made that statement. And it... it, it I don't know why. I just It kind of resonated with... Is there something Definitely. coming or could potentially happen coming up that when Alaric does promote them to a voting member of, of the clans again, does someone there make a, make a claim? But do you think Alaric is that stupid to give them a voting member if they're not going to vote yeah, for actually, him? Yeah, actually, I think they're a non-voting I don't think they're a voting member. In fact, I don't yeah, think there right. are any voting no. members. <laughs> no, no. So when we're getting into fun conspiracies, here's mine. Okay. <laughs> so, so we all remember the Jade Wolf debacle, right? Yeah. Yep. No. So, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> I don't. Fuck off. Okay, yeah, for, really for, our, for our listeners out there and Brent, uh, um, you don't count. <laughs> so, so Clan Wolf gets absorbed. By Clan Jade Falcon, and Vlad says, "No, not so much." Kills a few people, and then says, "We are now, you know, the Wolf Clan reborn, right. not the same Wolf Clan because that one got absorbed. This is just a new one with all the same traditions." Which then means that is not a clan that took part in Operation uh, Revival. Ah, which then means Wolf in Exile. Is, is the true clan. Boom. <gasps> Wolf in Exile, true ill clan. Wolf in Exile is the actual true ill clan. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. 
break out the tinfoil hats. Up the history brief. We're going today, baby. <laughs> break out the tinfoil. <laughs> also, and technically, I think Alaric time... didn't win without the help of the true wolf clan. That's right. That's right. And I, I think last time we had Brent on, and he tent. said something to the effect of Wolf in Exile is in a more interesting place now than they ever have been. And Anastasia Kerensky never did mention what she gave up. What did she what did she do right. to get Wolf Clan in Exile there? Right. Easter egg? Oh, many. Puzzle pieces. Yeah. That that's gonna have so many spiraling storylines that come out of the nuance behind those questions. Um, that is now really not gonna help my new arc of a storyline though. If you can, <laughs> no. who knows? Uh, Guy can try. Correct me if I'm wrong. Vlad, the whole time through that status, Vlad never stopped being Clan Wolf. He was no. the only wolf. Everyone else had directly <clears throat> been absorbed. Vlad no. never was. He lost, so therefore, no. Uh, Ulrich lost. Vlad oh, didn't lose. Vlad. Vlad was just there as each side got uh, a witness. He was there to witness the battle. So he was not a part of that combat trial. And he did not lose. Well, I mean, if we're technical about it, Alric's not fucking a clanner either. <laughs> Which is why he was there in the Grand Council. When the, he's, when Victor the and, he's Victor and Catherine's clone, isn't he? Alaric. No, Ulrich. Oh, Alaric. Yeah. Alaric. Yeah, Alaric. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. There's no Vlad blood in there. Right, right. Aaron, yeah. take another shot. <laughs> I mean, I have a bottle, but I'm not going to. <laughs> he's he's not Vlad's blood. Yes, he is a combination he, he, he of is. the three. He who? Alaric. Alaric. Uh, yes. I, I believe it has been established that he actually was mixed in there. He is a combination I mean, of like how much. We talking like doesn't a matter. quarter, eighth, doesn't matter. A any amount. One molecule. Yeah, just enough. He, he got the just jerk. The tip. Just enough. Well, just so, a tip. He got just no. a tip. <laughs> what was it? Him and Victor got it on? <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> hey, we're not judging you. It's all right. I'm going to call him Ill Clan just the tip. Ill Clan just the tip from now on. All right. No, I, honestly, I, I love, I, I love, there's been kind of three stages uh, uh, of Alaric. Um, there was Alaric when he was being written by Lauren, then Alaric when he was written by Blaine. And then now that Terra has been taken, the storylines that the authors are taking for what do we what do they want Alaric to do moving forward? Um, really cool. Very. Well, he's going to go insane. He has to go insane. Who's going to write Alaric next? I don't agree. I don't think he needs to go insane. Um, oh. But but the you know like if you look at the course of the battles on Terra. Um, he doesn't lose much. I mean, not everything goes his way, but he, right. He, he, because he, he cheated. 
because he just lost because he had the biggest loss his he entire had life Lino. running simulations on but how see, to do there's the thing, thing right before out alaric or whatever we want to call him he wouldn't have cheated he was all honor and this and that and blah 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 and then the closer he got honor him by who wins but the he closer all... he got, those lines kept getting blurred real bad. Yeah. His strategic mind, not honor mind, his strategic mind sent uh, what's-his-face out to the Jagoons and Anastasia to the Wolf. Because he knew he couldn't win. He used him as a tool. Just like yeah. Warbear. Well, actually, no, he, you're wrong. He, no. he, he did Alaric. know he could win, but he couldn't hold it. The Alaric. key was winning and being able to hold it because he knew the other clans oh. were going to come in and he would have Alaric. to defend against the other clans. Alaric approached that problem very, very unclan-like in that he didn't bid. He right. He took everything to go and right. then some. Which you can. You can. He knew he could take it, but he also had to hold it. And that was the part that I don't yeah. think... Well, that's the that all clans... From two kids, the clans had failed. They have never understood the fact that what you take in the inner sphere sense of the mind, you still have to hold it. Right. He got that. Right. Yeah. And that's why he went and did what he did because he knew he needed to hold it. He didn't. Hashtag not my ill con. (laughs) He he knew he could take it. I'll wear a shirt. I'll wear a shirt. The sphere was just speed bump with Ray's face. Ray's face. Ray's face. Not my uh, hashtag. Not my Ilkhan. Uh, <laughs> no, Ray, Ray would be my Ilkhan. That's a Ray would be my Ilkhan. Gen Con. I'm just putting that out there. All right. Al- I'm gonna, just went I'm gonna, faster than I'll the do this. I'll get this production ball rolling. We'll do that. Good. Good. Hashtag not my Ilkhan. All right. Um. Now that we got conspiracy theories out of the way, I want to talk. <laughs> Convention uh, season, way, baby. I want to talk convention I'm season. I'm still so excited about where all the stories are going. As we work through, like, Rosselhog and the, the Ghost Bears and stuff like that, that region of space, we work through the plot lines for every region of space. Every house. What were they dealing with? What were the storylines that were dangling out there? What are the characters that were actually interesting? You know, what do we legitimately think they would be going on? And, of course, the whole thing is Terra's been, Terra has fallen. Nobody knows. Hey, nobody well, knows what's you, going on. You told us. It's, you told us when that, you were in the big chair. When you were in the big chair, you said that there was something on the order of like two hundred dangling plot lines when you were in the chair that you had to kind of track down and. Uh, and it was eighteen pages single spaced. Okay. Either way, how many of those are they still active? Have you been able to help? Yeah. Find closure in some of them. Yeah, kickstart uh, well, some um, of them to, to come to some sort of conclusion. Well, at this point, it's uh, some of them didn't need closure, um, right. or the the closure that was needed was to set up what would happen next. Because it's not like oh, oh, suddenly that resolved everything and there's no issue here. No, like most of the dangling plot lines is like that. If you follow this path, it's about to blow up on you. You're just walking right toward the landmine. Uh, and so, you know, <laughs> we're absolutely getting there. Uh, but the trick was doing that through the whole inner sphere. 
Like if you think about events in the past, they were usually a region of space. Mm -hmm. This isn't a region of space. One clan becoming the ill clan will set off a slow burning firestorm that will slowly work its way out as people come to grips, A, actually find out about it in a way that's actionable and believable, and B, figure out what what they're going to do about it, because then you look at the state of all the various states around it, and what was going on there, how many of them were strength, most of them were in shambles. The very, like, the, the Draconis Combine looks like it's the strongest by far house, because they have just conquered House Davian. They yeah, took the capital. The they, they, they took all the production. The problem is the logistics involved in the sheer volume of space, it would have used 90 to 95% of all of the jump ships in Karita space. They raised their entire economy to do this. This Hail Mary has left everyone so far out of position, and, and there's no way to supply these. The, the supply lines are just gone. Yeah. So, so what they've done is they have strung themselves completely out. And so when House Davian rallies all of the mercenaries, like, like we will, we will pay mercenaries with nobility. <laughs> yeah. And land and, and planets. Land, and... planets, nobility. We will give you titles. Every mercenary unit is coming out of their industry to just dive bomb on House da- into House Davian space. To go over a to to run rampant over a, a a house Karita military that is strung out worse than anything we have ever seen. So, like, what's going to happen within Karita space? The the power plays that have been going on there that we haven't seen because the 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 fiction wasn't told. The novels weren't happening from house within house Karita. We didn't get a lot of that. Um, you, you, the very first one to ha- the first two to happen. Um, let's. We started off by telling the story of uh, Forever Faithful because that was the first step that Blaine wanted to lay in the foundation for the events that would take place leading up to Terra. Forever Faithful first. Yep. Um, uh, then we had uh, the the Anvil. Um, the other no- um, novella that I can't think of for the life of me. There was Children of Kerensky. There was the Thank one Look to your bookshelf. Books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll get lost. I'll get back in my head for five minutes. But anyway, 360, uh, Brent. 360. Yeah. <laughs> Leading into all the other fiction that was going on there here with the Wolf Dragoons and the events as they continue to play out. Uh, so, so many things were building up to that point to just kind of establish that every inner, every house in the Intersphere at this point in the timeline is really more exciting than it has been in a very long time. Yeah. The Capella Confederation is literally the top dog right now. It, it, it absolutely is. And Did you say a splinter of hope? That's yeah. what it was. That was the one I was trying to think of. So yeah, so bookshelf of power. Bookshelf, <laughs> you're amazing. Look at that book; it's just paying off already. Bookshelves. Um, uh, yeah. So the the nuance, you know, we now have a time where for the first time in all of battles at history, House Lao is in no uncertain terms, the strongest inner sphere house. Yes. That's awesome. They got enough stealth, yeah. But all of the writers dealing with that have to deal with what, you like really get into the, all the way down into the weeds of what has it been like within House Lao? (laughs) How have they done this? What state are they in? And we kind of played it out as the, with the invasion of Northwind. 
in yep. uh, a gray watch protocol uh, of you know, like, we know hands down the biggest threat that, that they are seeing that the chancellor is seeing is the Republic of the sphere. He is dead set. The Republic must fall. So when I was at the, at the reins, I had mapped out, here are the big things that I think need to happen. Now, admittedly, all of those have been massaged and nuanced and taken and, and run and changed and stuff. They've all gained their personality as obviously the reins handed, were handed to, to Ray and his team. Uh, but with that said, the core of like all those dangling plot points that were happening out there are legit for all the fans that love those factions. And none of them have changed. They, they are all true. Like, this has to play out. We can't let this drop. We can't just set this ridiculously huge storyline in place and then ignore it for the next 10 years. It's not going to happen. So over the next year, that will be one of the coolest stories that we get to see. Um, and it's honestly, it's, it's a story we've never seen in Battletech. Yay. I'm excited. There's so many stories that's, in Battletech, though. Has it never been told? <laughs> yeah. We, we have never seen House Lau do what it's about to do. House Lau is oh. going to be one of your most interested, interesting factions no! for at least the next year. Them and Wolf oh, in Exile. You're going to like it. Battletech's Battle like back, but it's all new Lau players. <laughs> you're going to love this. This makes me want to play Lau. How, <clears> how, how excited is Lauren? How excited is Lauren to have, have, that, have his house come to power? You know, he's having a very hard time with it because he doesn't like anyone else writing it. <laughs> Cap -cap people it. are playing with his darlings. He's not happy about that. <laughs> and one, of, one of the biggest plot points of what will happen He's like, I can't, I just can't. No, you can't, you can't do it. You can't, you can't. I can't let I can't let you do it. And we're like, dude, this is the linchpin that everything hates. No, we can't do it. We got, we're gonna have to hand wave him something. I'm like, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that never works well in Battletech. He, he liked him for being an underdog. And now can, can he we at least, know what to do. <laughs> can we at least till he makes his mind up, can we get like the dinner set from the wedding? Oh, we have talked about that so many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, we talked about that in like that, you know, midnight brainstorming session at the first Kickstarter. Doing a, 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 yeah, the China set. Oh, yeah. Uh, we still haven't figured out actually how to do it because we've never made dishes before. I don't know that that's something we need to be doing, but, but yeah. <laughs> well, you, you made cups, so you're getting started. <laughs> sure. Don't, yeah. don't. Don't make them out of ceramic. Make them make them out of stainless steel or something. Yeah, or well, it really comes down to what can we get or package them better at a reasonable price and package that can survive shipping yeah. and like yeah, that's, yeah, those mugs look amazing. But oh my oh, god, not just like, shipping, fragile. just just walking from the booth to the play area. That would be great if you could just make that transfer non-breakable. <laughs> You know, uh, the Dragoons handled silver really well. I think silver would be fine. Oh! Oh, oh, oh guys. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy doesn't know much lore, but what he knows. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who doesn't read a single book, but man, he knows that story. <laughs> Can we get the Dra 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 Dragoon mug made out of stuff? That is brilliant. We have to oh, do yep. that. A Dragoon silver... Dragoon Silver letter opener. 
Man, I will oh, smack man. the shit out of that of your hand, and it'll break. <laughs> you know, I keep thinking because correct me if I'm wrong. He threw down the bag of silver and stormed out of the room. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who picked up the bag of silver? I did. No, you, 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 you did. know, like really, you, you weren't really in the room. Like, in universe, in like. What, I am what, a. How can we make that come back and pay off again? I am a colonel in a seventh. You were a colonel. Commandos. You were. You had to have a driver room, or an aide or something that. I can blend into taupe wallpaper if I wanted to. <laughs> well, you were thin enough after that battle. You could have blended into taupe wallpaper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they make ashes into uh, shotgun repellent. Yeah. So um... that, did did we ever tell? My okay, you brought no. it up. Uh, no, 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 shut up, leave no. it, leave it to the suspense. All right, well, yeah. I'll be yeah. right back. That's fodder for a whole nother show, yeah. That's right. No, the 30 pieces was brought up in the bet, and Helfer's was very yeah, if, you, if you spoil it, it can't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it, I'm just gonna take it out. Yeah, I'd love to see that show up again somewhere cool. And, uh, honestly, the whole idea of kind of bitch slapping somebody hey. with the bag, I think, would be awesome. <laughs> I'm not yeah, gonna yeah, lie. I'm ninety percent sure I told you that story that night. <laughs> it was a lot of tequila into the night when was, that story came up. It could be. It could be. You're lucky. I, I remember I, that you were there. I, I do think though, like a, <laughs> a, a bag, a, a bag full of nickels would would be a fun would be a fun gag. Right? Yeah, uh, the gag, thing that you just uh, just oh, yeah, <laughs> it across the room. Yeah. Just whack. Uh, just just make the plates um, out of like a robust plastic, like a frisbee. <laughs> oh, it could it could be just the existing ones painted sil- painted silver. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I just love the idea of the yeah. The I feel like this is a great time for a history beef from beef. A history beef. Where's the yeah, okay, beef? thanks, Aaron. And From this Darth history brief Gideon. with Charles Gideon, brought to you by... Aries Games and Minis. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, when one Marine goes to pay another Marine a visit. Hello, Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we return once again to Terra, to fill in the gaps of history brief number 11. The year is 2549, and one hegemony marine captain, Henry Green, was about to make history. Captain Green had been growing his influence among the secret organizations within the hegemony armed forces known as cabals. Think of these cabals as a loosely coordinated political movement made up of many small, decentralized cells of military members who were dissatisfied with the backseat they were forced into by Lady Deborah Cameron's policies. Now, if the description of these cabals reminds you of the classic organization chart of a radical rebel group, it should, because they essentially were. But that isn't the reason Captain Green decided to leave them after developing so much clout. He left because he grew tired of the talk and not enough action. It's said that two things are guaranteed in a soldier's life, griping and waiting. Well, for Captain Green, he was tired of listening to the complaints, and he was done waiting for someone to act. 
Which brings us to the second Marine of the Hegemony Armed Forces, Joseph Cameron. If the name only vaguely rings a bell, don't worry, you're not alone. As eldest son of Deborah Cameron, he was easily slated to take her place and become the 12th Director General of the Terran Hegemony upon her retirement or death. He was also uniquely equipped to fill his mother's place for other reasons. You see, after losing his right eye during his time as a combat officer with the HAF, he was sent to the foreign relations arm of the hegemony, where he flourished. By the time he was recalled to Terra to ascend to the director generalship following his mother's retirement, he was the ambassador to the Lyran Commonwealth. All this experience solidified in his mind that diplomacy was the future of the hegemony, and that more could be accomplished with a ballpoint than a bayonet tip. This unwittingly only added fuel to the flames quietly burning within the cabals of the armed forces, however, and comments to the press of the power of a diplomat superseding that of a soldier seemingly sealed his fate. And we finally arrive at the date of the 20th of September. Joseph Cameron and his security detail passed smoothly through the gates of the Director General's palace and pulled to the main entrance. Joseph disembarked his limo and, feeling safe behind the walls of his palace, he removed his overcoat. Now, this wasn't any normal piece of outerwear. It was actually a carefully constructed piece of body armor which he wore whenever he was traveling. Next, there was a silent flash of light and security began to swarm the Director General, who dove for the safety of his limousine. The fact that he noticed the flash and immediately acted speaks to the combat awareness Joseph had developed while with the Marines, but it's impossible to outrun the speed of light. A nearby tree held the source of these light flashes, which was Captain Green and his laser rifle. He had taken position in the tree 27 hours before the assassination attempt while the Director General was away from the palace. His years as a military clerk had apparently prepared him to sit for over a day without moving in his own filth. What it hadn't prepared him for, though, was making a quick shot at range. He missed his first shot, but his follow-up shot found its target before it could evade him. Joseph died less than a week later from the wound, and the hegemony went from waiting with bated breath to a whirlwind of activity. The Hegemony Central Intelligence Bureau began rooting out military cabals, twisting their shame of failing to protect Joseph to a righteous fury. Joseph's little brother stepped forward to take the throne, and now, finding themselves between a rock and a hard place, the cabals became desperate. Captain Green had removed the head, and while the nation was off balance, it was the best and only opportunity they would have for their coup. On the 29th of September, the Cabal members moved on Geneva, seizing the governmental buildings. Their resistance to the loyal government units was fierce, but fated to fail, as they were forced further and further into the city until eventually they were so contained that the loyalists were able to turn off the utilities to the rebel-held portion of the city. Only ten days later, the hungry and desperate collaborators surrendered, thus ending the uprising known as the September Revolt. And what of Joseph's little brother, you ask? Well, he was none other than Ian Cameron, the future First Lord. But you already know his story. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who failed to learn from history are doomed.
And that was History Brief with Charles Gideon, brought to you by... Aries Games and Minis. All right, let's kick it back to the 40th anniversary. Because guess what? Battletech's celebrating its 40th anniversary at Adepticon this year. I can't Happy wait to get a t-shirt. Happy birthday, Battletech. Happy birthday. Woo. Woo. Brent, yes. what is Catalyst Game Labs prepared to do to shock and awe the community with the 40th anniversary? That's January's problem. We are just trying to That's provide January's problem. Things. All of we are getting on for the Kickstarter vote <laughs> before the. <laughs> I don't think we've thought. Right. Like, there's a lot of stuff we talked about. We're like, oh, man, let's just get across and finish that. We'll look at that. So, yeah. After the new year, apparently, we'll there's like a question. There's like 15 days left in the month till 2024. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no. plenty of time. Um, honestly, Catalyst is willing to cloud all of the stuff. 2024, a truly spectacular experience. What all involves, I don't know. Uh, uh, Catalyst knows. I just the uh, ready to be spectacle. A couple of years ago, we we life size urban mech. Con. So where from here? I don't. I don't think the verdict's out yet. Atlas, it'll happen. Life, life size Atlas. War hammer. War hammer. War uh, hammer. Life size blow up of an elemental. Oh, that's. What? We'll just have you show up. What? That's what. Well, Mario? I mean, Jesus, really. <laughs> <laughs> That I mean, way, I, that way, I, I can get a blow up elemental that I can wear for Halloween. Oh, it'd be like those T Rex Halloween like costumes, like those dinosaurs, like the dinosaurs. Oh, come on, Catalyst, get on the ball. That is an idea. Can you imagine a little? That's easy to do. You could be an elemental, and you could be you an imagine? elemental, and you could be an elemental. You imagine Dad and all of his kids just running down as elemental. <laughs> funny. You dare to freeze my punch all? Yes. How about some candy? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Bachelor candy. Bachelor candy. Halloween costume yeah. elemental. Maybe blow up doll. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you refuse my bachelor? <laughs> 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 That's great. I love it. Oh, and the, the Halloween uh, buckets could be Atlas heads. Yes. Th those ah. of you listening can't see this, but Brent is writing all of this down. <laughs> <laughs> that is With the ghost bear hat on. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, 40th anniversary of Battletech, which is huge. Um, it is... I think in every article written about Battletech these days, it's like Battletech is back after 40 years. And everyone just like usually has a paragraph of like most games last on an average of six, seven years. And then they get phased out. Yeah. Uh, never get, never to be brought back. Um, 
I mean, it's in the pantheon of Warhammer and chess and go. And Battletech's up there. <laughs> chess and go. Chess oh and my go. God. Yeah. Checkers? You forgot checkers. <laughs> Jesus. So um, it's a huge accomplishment. And I do like the fact that Catalyst is acknowledging, like, on multiple occasions, it would have never gotten to 40 if it wasn't for all of us fans and all of us players. And um, we've heard, like you just said before, in your robot quirky voice, <laughs> that they're pulling out all the stops. Now, does all the stops include a Battletech convention? Oh man, I can edit that into yes, it does one hundred percent. He's he is he's out. He is gone. <laughs> Brent, can... Brent is. Can I do? Can I do a Brent? Uh, yes, yes. No, I can't do a Brent impression. I I, I can't do it. It doesn't have to be smiling. But... Oh, well, that's true. I just need to say, yes, Aaron, you are correct. And your character will fulfill all of its goals. Your is dead. (laughs) 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 Yep, the internet held out for him to be able to say all of that. That was... Dude, the universe is against you. Just give it up. I know. And for Halloween, we can get you tombstones for your front yard. You rolled a shit. I'm 100% doing that this Halloween. See, Battletech is now a Halloween holiday. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do, Matt? I'm going to get an RIP Colonel Aaron Kroll 7th Commandos tombstone made up. But at the same time... I'm going to dig up my own yard to make it look like an unsettled grave. <laughs> like an arm sticking out? Yeah, yeah with an arm sticking out. <laughs> We're not dead yet. You're going to put that tombstone right next to the Green Bay Packer one, right? No. Oh, well, yeah, this year I should be, but... Uh, further discussing 40th anniversary uh, news of Adepticon with Catalyst. Like the question was, Brent, what do you uh, what do you expect with Catalyst and the 40th anniversary flare? Uh, I want to tell the kids they're getting for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have to pull out stuff to do crazy cool things. Um, I know that a new giant life-size mechs will actually happen because there was actually there was uh, uh like permitting issues last year that down and i don't know that the facility handle it. there was some if i remember correctly there was some discussion between the city and the county requirements for that so who knows uh, i'm i don't need to get greased for that uh jenny all the all the amazing stuff happening. Okay. 
That's so pretty sweet the, that you got the attention of the city and the county at your disposal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't I have to wonder if like, did the Warhammer fans just get angry that we took over the show and did it so well that, that somebody playing I don't know what the answer was. Yeah, somebody. Uh, we're we're going to make, I'm like, uh, Adepticon is like the super big kickoff for amazing stuff. I do know that the Kerensky Con is going to happen. Uh, Either I mean, uh, March, April is when the cons are had con of the first one. Um, so those currency fans, we get the previews of things to come, much like we have in years past. And, uh, Ray will be there, and um, will be vibrant and a bundle of energy that he usually is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he. The truth is, I'm really hoping that you guys um, like corner him and ask him a bunch of questions because he is the keeper of all the, the, the secrets and keys at Hogwarts, so to speak. Um, so yeah, this is this is absolutely he is your guiding guideline. He's lots of cool things up his sleeves. Well, make sure you plug him in every night so he can recharge for the next day. <laughs> yeah, he gets really tired. I I do believe we have uh, Ray scheduled for possibly next month. So awesome, awesome. Sarna is doing the same thing too. So, uh, a lot of the creative team is going through doing interviews. So start over the next couple months. So yeah, well, all the big push. Good thing we're a, good thing we're a month ahead of Sarna. That. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you mean, Brent, you mean years again? Years ahead. Years ahead, yes. Years ahead. <clears throat> Brent, um, I think we're going to let you go. Yep. Oh, shout out. Uh, do you have any shout outs you would like to do for thanks? And that is a weird pause. <laughs> I'm going to edit well, the shit out of that. Yeah, huge thanks to you Brent? guys for that you guys, all the team and all of the stuff have, have done to continue to. Uh, run events and keep you know, being played in all the the stores, shows, and things all over the world. Uh, huge thanks to all the folks behind this, the creative teams uh, that have helped to bring everything to life. Uh, I'll do a, an interesting little spotlight. We got a couple of new art, artists on Battletech just doing some really spectacular work. Uh, one of them cranking out uh, the new wave of maps, and you're going to uh, several app products over the course of this year that are just going to be than you've ever seen anything. Uh, map team continues to all new high bars of stuff that is just so cool because we've never had it. Uh, we uh, and that map artist turns out he's like he really wanted to work on things other than map. He's a real uh, illustrator, so he's going to do uh, scenes and stuff. His work is really spectacular, which has been very very cool. Um, and that artist that you uh, saw on the, the cover, um, out of Columbia, phenomenal, phenomenal illustrator. Um, just so excited to be working on Battletech. It's, it's really cool to see, you know, new blood and folks that have been huge fans for, uh, for decades, uh, finally getting a chance to, uh, uh, you know, to try their hand at it and, and make it for themselves here, helping us life for the future. So, yeah, huge shout outs across. 
Awesome, bud. Well, huge shout out to you guys over at Kettles Game Labs for keeping the game we love up and running and and innovating and and coming up with new stuff uh, all the time. So very, very thankful you could be on the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Brent. Brent. Thank you. Thanks for making everything so pretty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You bet. See you later, guys. You you included. (laughs) Have a great evening. (laughs) You and your sex (laughs) self. all right well i think to wrap up the show hey we we could talk about uh the ending of uh the charity event yeah the charity event charity event how did it go tommy fuck man that went awesome uh turkina turkina god damn it um man i i couldn't believe the participation in the the silent auction. Uh, How many people participated in the silent auction? I didn't count. I didn't. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of bid. Lots we, of bid. We raised close to five thousand dollars. I know that. Holy um, crap! Wait, what? Uh, out of everything, out of uh, the streaming, out of. All the donations, we're going to probably end the the year really close to five thousand. Um, for shit. the kids, for the for, kids, boys, for the kids. Uh, wow, the, the biggest for the Sibkin. For the, the, Sibkin. Uh, <laughs> the the biggest one was uh, uh, Bushido. Bushido. Uh, there we go. Fuck. <laughs> Second Monday in a row. Jesus. That poop's really taking it out of you. I know. Um his uh his box set raised uh I think fifteen or fourteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Andrew, what did you not pay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do him dirty like that. Oh, <laughs> I think it went for a little over fourteen. Yeah, uh, and that's why I didn't even bother. <laughs> I just threw money at the. <laughs> I just threw money at the charity and not the stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I, I got a hold of everybody. I sent everything out. Um, I haven't heard back from uh, Todd yet um, if he had received this stuff or not. But his uh, shipping uh, was quite expensive to go out to Canada. So, um, yeah. That might have been the most affordable way for uh, Canadian friends to get minis. <laughs> to get yeah. miniatures. So, it, big, I mean, it was overwhelming. Wow. So, uh, I, I, I was. Mean... Initially, I was going to not do uh, another silent auction until like maybe 2025 and like the summer of, but uh, I've had so many people reach out to me. It's like, hey, this is this is awesome. Uh, and I, I want to do this next year. Uh, yeah. So more than likely, I'll be doing it next year, too. For the kids, 2025. Four. For, what fucking year are we on? I don't even know. 2024. 2024. So, dude, that's awesome. Yep, ten G, ten G's. Here we come, ten G's, boys. Yep, yep. Only, the bar. only up from here. 
for the kids. It for, was, the, uh, for the kids. It, it was crazy awesome though, seeing how many people participated. Like, I, and, and I think a uh, big shout out to you, Tommy, for getting uh, yes. getting that off the ground. Thank you, we've Tommy. Been, uh, yeah, we've been kicking around charity ideas for well, I, what five years. Yeah. Um, and then one day, Tommy just goes, "You know what? I'm just going to do this thing." <laughs> Screw you guys. That's why he was silent for five years as he was planning a charity. Plotting, planning, (laughs) scheming. Schemer. Scheming. Way to go, Tommy. Um, Yep. That's that. that, I thought it was like 3,500, and then all of a sudden you said 5,000. I'm like, hell yeah. That's no joke, guys. Five thousand for the kids. That's that's huge. For the Especially kids. for the Battletech community. This is this is fantastic. Uh so next, next year I'm gonna be reaching out to more of you, uh just to let you know. Uh it's not just gonna be miniatures that's gonna be up on the silent auction. It's gonna be anything included. Uh if that's dice, if that's uh bags, if that's uh boxes, if it's uh Battletech related, uh, anything Battletech or gaming related. You so, can have a dinner date with me and Brent at Gen Con. <laughs> so negative ten dollars. Negative. You gotta no pay me money that. for that. That sounds like a cheap date and a terrible hangover. We'll go have sushi. <laughs> oh, you're, not gonna, you're yeah. not gonna remember it though. <laughs> yeah. Big ticket item. <laughs> uh let's see uh one of the new products we had was uh <clears throat> the cso regimental paint scheme guys were fantastic uh now do the rest of the factions which would be awesome yes <laughs> yeah whatever you get around to it get on it come on it, it, take take your time <laughs> but the level of work done on those take take note wow. of seeing some of the Seeing some Chef's of the kiss. details, pretty pretty snazzy. Um, another book, what? Giving up the ghosts, Brian Young, Fortunes of War, one of three. Yeah, so if you uh, if you backed the Kickstarter, uh, you got access to this a while ago, but it's now up for sale. So even the people who didn't back the Kickstarter can get to it. Uh, upcoming events. KSAG. Well, that's not upcoming. That's done. Battle report. Finished. Oh, scratch that. Battle report. LVO. Well, let's do let's do KSAG. <laughs> let's let's do KSAG. Little little debrief of KSAG. Or we want to save um, it for another one. This was the fourth annual. Fourth. Fourth annual Kroll Sisters a go go. If you want to know why it's called the Kroll Sisters a go go, we really don't have a good answer for you. So they don't know no. We we don't know no. Uh, we were hoping to compete against the Kroll Sisters a don't go, but I didn't see any posts on that. So. <laughs> You had been uh, drinking heavy water like you had been tonight, and just huh? You You cut cut out out there. Sorry, I lost that whole insult. 
<laughs> Say it again. Um, we had 28 players 28. at the Dreamers Vault in Burnsville, Minnesota. Uh, the biggest KSAG we've had to date, I believe. Yeah, unfortunate because we, I think we would have had without, you know, real life popping up, I think we would have been close to 34 would have showed up that had expressed interest or would have been able to come. So um, thank you to everyone who I've told this to a couple people already or my gaming group, especially thank you for choosing to take the time to come spend the day with us. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Yeah. Uh, there was a KSAG miracle. Andrew, the middle crawl actually played in a KSAG all five rounds and did okay. I did okay. Um, I mean, for for a man of his stature. Top half? He, he did, a, yeah, a little more than top half. Uh, somewhere in the, the, you know, second place range. Ooh, <laughs> boy. Uh, oh, I and I beat my daughter. I beat my daughter. That's all I have, that's all I have to <laughs> Like the disobedient child she is, he beat his daughter. <laughs> wow! Did uh, did did you actually play her, or did you? I did not finish her. Oh, I didn't. Ooh. I did not. That's where you me. got you got lucky. Then she came in third, so no face. I, I didn't beat her. I didn't beat her by much, but I but I beat her. Yeah, not by much. It was a very close margin, but. Uh, uh, Andrew got his coveted top eight Wolfnet radio template that he has been wanting forever. And I told him he cannot get one unless he wins one. So <laughs> congratulations to Andrew. He has his top eight template along with his daughter. I believe that's her second. <laughs> yeah, that's her second one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, big shout out to Bob Mahoney. Uh, not bearded Bob anymore. Clean shaven Bob. Turns out that's all he had to do to win a tournament. <laughs> Actually, no. I think this is his second KSAG, isn't it? This is this is like his third tournament this year. Yeah, he yeah. He's 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 doing very well for himself. So big shout out to Bob. Um, he won the belt that a certain very big uber fan of the Wolfnet Radio podcast purchased for the KSAG uh, prize, the traveling prize. He has to bring it back. He doesn't have to come back. The belt has to come back. That so belt Bob, was cool. I mean, get COVID-25 or something like that next year. <laughs> hey, uh, so to that person, though, um, big shout out to Tom Bovey for... Uh, Getting that for us, that was uh, spectacular. Um, everyone really enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun for everybody to, to see. So thank you for, for putting that together for us. If you haven't seen the belt on the Facebook page, join the Facebook page. It is one of the most glorious things I have ever seen in my entire life. I was able to put it on uh, for a test, you know, just to see how it fit. Sadly, didn't, I did not win it because I did not participate. Didn't have enough holes for you, did it? Oh, I had plenty of holes. Uh, but the reason I didn't participate was because I brought my nine-year-old son, Brody, with me at his request. 
to KSAG. And he uh we had the we had the deal that he could play as long as he wanted to until he got tired or fed up or bored or whatever. Uh, then I would take over and that way, you know, there there wouldn't be a mishap. To my huge surprise, my son decided to try to beat down as many opponents as he could, searching for that tournament win. And he went up against some amazing uh, first two-round talent in Craig Baxter and John Tell, uh, who taught him so much while crushing his list. And, uh, but uh, as a dad, I was so happy because I kind of, I kind of floated, make sure everything was going okay and this and that. Um, I could not have asked for a better first two pair of opponents. I couldn't ask for a better attitude from my son who was just, legit just having fun playing BattleTech. And for a guy who has been playing BattleTech for close to 20 years, well, 25 years now, it it hit me in the feels. Let's just say that. Uh he went from opponent to opponent looking forward to his next match. Um uh he got into his third match and almost won that one which just fueled the fire into the fourth match and almost won that one. Uh, Sadly, he did not win a game, and unfortunately, a player had to drop. And because Brody was at the bottom of the barrel, uh, the way the system works is that, unfortunately, he gets a bye, and he didn't get to play his fifth game. And... God, he was mad. You know, vitriol is the correct word that was his disposition. Like, he was not happy. Like, because he thought, he was like, this is it, Dad. I'm going to get this next guy. Because he understood very quickly how the, the, the Swiss worked, right? So, if you win, you play another winner. If you lose, you play another loser. And if you keep losing... He's like, it's all right. I got this one. I got this one. And when I had to tell him he didn't have another opponent, he he kind of got sad. He's like, well, did I lose? And I said, no, you didn't lose. You just don't have an opponent. And he's like, well, I didn't quit. And I was like, no, you didn't quit, buddy. I, you know, and I told him over and over. I was like, I am so proud of you right now. So, so proud of you for what you did today. And he's like, but dad, I didn't win. And I was like, it's not about winning. This whole thing is about having fun. And did you have fun? He's like, I had a blast. But I want to play another person. <laughs> and I says, well, unfortunately, um, and I, I could have, I, I didn't have another list with me to play against him and this and that. And, um, he took it like a champ. He's like, well, I guess that's just what it is. And um, 
they got to the end of the end of the whole thing. And to Andrew's point, best community ever. Best community ever. Everyone just you know surrounded him, tried to give him pointers, gave him high fives, made my my nine year old kid in amongst of what thirty plus year old guys feel like he was a part of the group. And for me as a dad, that was huge. He made so many friends in one weekend that the kids still to this day can't stop talking about all the people he met and all the games he played and all the stuff that he did and this and that. Um, yeah, Mike, Michael Seneca, uh, I'm just going to ship him to Florida and you get him for a weekend for a tournament because you guys are apparently the bestest of friends. <laughs> He'll probably um, come back a firefighter too. Yeah, well, they, they wouldn't sit very well with his aunt, but you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm taking a little longer because it's my son and it was his first time. But uh, the kid just had the fire to play, the 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 willingness to learn, uh, and and all of that. And um, at the end, uh. I got to thank Charles for what he did at LVO with the whole awards ceremony kind of a thing. If you didn't win, was it at Gen Con? Oh, I thought it was at LVO. Okay. I had no voice. I had no voice. (laughs) So at Gen Con, Charles came up and made a bunch of awesome diplomas that rewarded players for doing certain things the war criminal, the toughest name. Uh, the best sportsman, all, all these things that maybe you didn't win, you didn't make the top eight, you didn't do this. There's a category that you did excel at, and the one, the one is called the Warrior's Heart, and it goes to the player who didn't win a game, didn't drop, uh, stuck it out, and and just. Did it for the love of the game. And um, there was a little... Because of the way our stuff works, a buy is technically a win, and you get so many points for the whatever. But in this instance, my son did not win at all. He was the last remaining member that wanted to play, didn't win, and... Call me biased. I made the the executive decision that he's gonna get the warrior's heart, and I asked Andrew to say it because there's no fucking way I was gonna be able to announce that without crying like a little baby. But um, my son got his name called, and he got the warrior's heart diploma. And huge shout out to Richards who did a amazing little diorama that says i don't know how to quit with a with a king crab going down elemental blowing its its internal structure out flames blowing out all over the place and uh when he announced my kid's name the whole place erupted in a huge applause and it was awesome and just made my kid's day 
the whole the whole day not winning a game, struggling through everything. He turned around with the biggest smile on his face and <laughs> unfortunately afterwards said, Dad, what's this stuff? And, and the king crab had smoke coming out with like cotton. And he goes, what's this stuff? And he pulled it off. And I went, no, <laughs> don't do that. But um, overall, like I said, I think for Andrew and I, I can say that it was a pretty big proud papa moment. His daughter doing as well as she did. My son doing his first tournament uh, with the attitude that he had through the whole thing. Uh, it was it was one of the best case eggs ever. Uh, I, I can't talk any more about it. it. It was just fantastic. So, Yeah, I don't have a lot more to say to that. I mean, just we had a great day. We had great people. Um, great meal afterwards. So. Yeah, just good. Thank you. Yes, thank you to everybody who was at KSAG and made that happen. Uh, I have a very big shout-out, but I'll do it in the shout-outs section. So, uh, Upcoming events, we got LVO coming up. Las Vegas Open. January 19th through the 21st. Yeah, uh, Aaron and I will be out there for that. Uh, we will be doing a 350 um, along with a doubles tournament on uh, Saturday, I believe. The, the 350 tournament will be Friday. We're going to do doubles tournament on Saturday. Um, I know that uh, Mike and Burban and folks from Colorado have got some really awesome things planned throughout the weekend. Um, I think Ben has got a big long campaign that last Friday a uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, so they'll be doing classic events and alpha strike events throughout the weekend. Uh, check out Las Vegas open and events for um, more information and ways to get signed up. So uh, we're looking forward to that. We had a lot of fun with that one last year. Uh, looking forward to it again this year. Andrew, I heard you might be playing in this one as well. Uh, I'm bringing a list, so we'll see. We both have lists made. Depending on judges and TOs and this and that, we will, uh, yes. But the doubles, though. Doubles we're playing. Uh, Curl Sisters, a go-go is going to (laughs) go-go. So get ready. Because uh, one of the... I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh my god! <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a Stetson on. <laughs> oh, Charlie, I, don't surf. If I have to play a bare <laughs> shirt with a with an air cav hat on, I will do. I will do that. No, I won't. I'll have bunny ears on. It's an LVO tradition. So if you don't know, you don't know. But if you do know, you know. You know. <laughs> You're in the know. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. One of the past, one of the past oh. battle reports we had was uh, kind of a short run over Thanksgiving. Um, we had some of us get together at the the testing shop. 
and uh, rolled some dice, and that was an awesome break from um, the Thanksgiving festivities. When you got your ass kicked, Tommy. (laughs) I got my ass kicked from Andrew. (laughs) And I got my ass kicked from Cyclone. And then I kicked Cyclone's ass, and then she uh, didn't want to leave until she beat me. (laughs) So... We had to wait one more game, so that was a fun. My time. kid's got the warrior's heart. She's got the warrior's spirit. Like <laughs> there is no quit <laughs> until she has crushed your larynx underneath her <laughs> her mech's boot. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it was good times. That was a lot of fun. Matt beat me. I so, doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> It was close. Well, it was fun. That was a fun night. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good break to get away from silliness. It's always fun when you can smoke in a shop and play BattleTech at the same time. Cigars True. and BattleTech. That was pretty good. Yep. Uh, Brody did beat me over Thanksgiving at game night in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> Specifically, Afton, I believe, is the town or whatever but yes he did beat me up there and uh game night if you if you guys know where game night is uh they kind of don't have the greatest alpha strike group there so if you live in the st louis area go invade game night and teach them the ways of alpha strike all right shout outs andrew shout outs uh my first shout out is to podcast my great year. um thank you all for uh doing this with me it, it continues to be uh one of the best journeys that i'm on uh i want to thank brent and all the powers that be a catalyst uh, doing everything that they're doing to make the game what it is um you know we're closing out the year i think uh i think we've had a pretty good year next um to the members of the AS playtest group and to all the conversations that are happening there. Uh, we're, we're making progress. I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out there. Um, to all of our listeners and players, um, we appreciate you. Uh, we've had a great year. We're looking forward to a next, uh, another one. Uh, to our favorite arms dealer, uh, Mr. Derek King, with Aries Games and Miniatures. Um, he is the reason that we are always having prize and and are able to uh give out cool things uh, at all our events um thank you derek uh you make it easy for us to to continue to run events and i appreciate that uh alex rogers bob olson mr richards max prohaska and chris hesby uh those were my opponents in the case egg event um Thank you for making that be a special day for me. I actually got to play in a in a tournament, and uh, I had a good time uh, against all of you. And uh, I think we said this already, but congratulations to Bob Mahoney for winning KSEG, uh, Seneca for getting voted best painted, and Mr. Baxter, Craig Baxter, for the sportsmanship award at KSEG. So, my shout-outs. Aaron, shout-outs. Um, I'm gonna, uh, shout out, uh, Brody's opponents. So Craig Baxter, uh, John Tell, 
Alexander Rogers, and Tim Plant. Uh, thank you so much for making my son's day, which made my day. Um, that was awesome. I have a really big shout out to Jerris. Uh, this was his first toe dipping into the to and this was his second. Second, sorry, this is second. Uh, being a to. Uh, Jarris ran the tournament. He was in charge of it. Um, he answered so many questions. Uh, I was there to help him. I was more there to watch Brody, but I told him, I said, if you need anything, give me a call. And Jarris, you handled that entire tournament with the uttermost class that I could, I could ask from a fellow T.O. and Judge as myself. Um, you were courteous. You were fair. Uh, you know, not every not every question is immediately answerable, which we found out. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, we had that conversation, didn't we? It, it is amazing how many rules still come up, and we're like, does this work? And we're like, eh. Uh, his amount of knowledge is awesome. It's what you need to be a good TO and a good judge. Uh, his temperament was great. He had the loud voice that you need. Uh, I just want to give a really big shout out to Jarris because it, he he ran a great tournament. Everyone had fun. Um, yes, there were a couple of minor disagreements here and there, but overall... Uh, you should pat yourself on the back. That was a great, great tournament, especially with that many players that we had. Um, you know, that that's not an easy thing to do is to TO a tournament. And I think he handled it with a lot of class and a lot of a lot of uh he did very well. Uh, he did he did a great job. So uh just big shout out to Jerris and um I want to piggyback. Merry Christmas to you, Derek. Thank you so much. Charles, shout outs. Uh, yeah, first uh, first one just goes to uh, Seneca. I, I do indeed eat it, sir. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, for, for, so everybody could be part of part of laughing at me um i got into a bidding war over a miniature that seneca painted uh for the silent auction um and i thought i had him right where i wanted him he's east coast he was about to go to bed i was going to swoop in and then andrew came in and t totally just he, he like he, he destroyed the bid and i was like oh well <laughs> There you go, Andrew. You win. Um, and uh, at Kaseg, uh, Seneca deli hand delivered the mini. Which, if I knew that he was going to hand delivered, I would have bid more. But um, I was the he, mule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he uh, he delivered it, and uh, al along with the mini came the unit card that reads "Eat it, Gideon." So there, I there we go. Um, that was a, a good time. I'm glad that Andrew got it. Uh, it's going to go to a loving home. Um, but uh, I, I had the tinfoil hats earlier. I, I didn't get a chance to pull out my uh, soapbox. But um, <laughs> I, I, I do just want to say there, 
and maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's been a lot of negativity flying around the, the hobby space. Um, just be mindful of what you're putting into your brain. Uh, you know, be, 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 be mindful of the content you're taking in. Hopefully you have a good time. Remember, it doesn't matter how you play Battletech or what part of Battletech you enjoy. If you, if you play MechWarrior Online, MechWarrior 5, the card game, Alpha Strike, Battletech, it doesn't matter. If you only read the lore, if you sit there with your TRO 3025 and are reading it for the 4,000th time, that is perfectly okay. I want you to know it's okay. And you are part of the Battletech family. So um, just keep keep enjoying the hobby the way, however you want to. And I, I will now put away my soapbox. Well done. Well said. Good. It's a good soapbox. Tiny Shortest soapbox you've ever had. <laughs> that, was short, that was a short one. I don't know if that's worthy of being called a soapbox. Uh, well, furthermore, no. soap shoebox. Shoebox. There we go. That was a shoebox. <laughs> Tommy, shout outs. Uh, I got quite a few shout outs. So here we go. Shout outs. Anybody, uh, everybody who won. Anybody who tried to bid, anybody who even just gave comments on the silent auction, I want to say thank you. Uh, I want to say thank you to all the artists, and if I forget it, you can shoot me later. Please not hard, though. Um, shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Ronald. Shout out to... Sorry, Gold Bishop, I forgot your name. Uh, Dave. Dave. Gold Dave. Bishop is his name. D- Dave, Dave is his yes, uh, online is, handle. Yeah. Dave is his actual handle. Gold Bishop is his real name. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, I think that's it. Like I said, I apologize if you had any. If you also uh, just yell at me. Uh, it's perfectly fine. Um, I want to shout out to Mike from Valhalla. He did that streaming. It went well. Uh, shout out to, shout out to the kids. You know, the, the charity went really well and an extra life.org. Uh, it's really nice. You could go straight, donate straight to them. It does not pass through me one bit. The only time it passes through me is when me shipping it out to whoever won it. So I hope next year is going to be just as big. Uh, so yeah, uh, I want to shout out to Derek as well. Merry Christmas. And I will sooner or later figure out the whole sponsor thing. I'm a jigger. I always screw that up. So <laughs> I apologize. Hey. Um, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's this year has been a rough year for me. Actually, it's going to get even rougher tomorrow. My daughter has knee surgery, so it's uh, yeah. Merry Christmas to everybody, and uh, that's I'm done. Well said. <clears throat> 
Derek, thank you again, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We, uh, like the other gentlemen have said, we, uh, we've had it pretty good so far with everything we've been supplied with and everything we've been able to bring to events to have us prize support. <clears throat> um, also, uh, thank all of you out there that just draw. Keep drawing. And any comments, questions, concerns, you can reach us at wnrpwallstreetgoods.com or you can find us at YouTube, Discord, Tabletop Simulator, Patreon, Facebook, Queensboro. Did you have something, Aaron? I do. Uh, we forgot in upcoming events. A certain somebody turns 40 fucking years old. December 29. Is it he who who may not be named? He who may not be named. He is a Hell's Horses fanatic, and he has ruined Alpha Strike 350 with his tanks. (laughs) He has not. Has not. And he is a graffiti artist and a habitual (laughs) uh, maker. Chain and wall jumper. He gets into shit he's not supposed to. He gets into shit he's not supposed to. And he blames it on people that have nothing to do with what he does. We do not have anything to do with him. Operatives infiltrate. That's what we do. We disavow him (laughs) when it comes to governmental destruction of property. (laughs) But he's turning 40. And so maybe, maybe Friday... Look out for a Discord link or something to celebrate said person's 40th birthday party. He who shall not be named. He who shall not be named. Happy Did future I? birthday. I thought I was the youngest. Nah, he young pup. <laughs> <laughs> he don't look it. <laughs> and have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Oh. All of ours are getting shorter to wait for yours to come in. Your pause is getting longer. That's why I wait. I'm I'm disappointed. Mine's gotten shorter. I used to go on like a full minute before. (laughs) Hey, because you started smoking, you don't have the lung power anymore. You guys should be happy. This is.